Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range ADC, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. After six weeks of nostalgia and laser swords, the Obi-Wan Kenobi limited series has come to an end. No longer will we thrill to the adventures of Punky Brewster, or I mean, uh, young Leia Organa, and her peppy little frisbee of a droid. No longer will we wait with bated breath to see if there's a new scene with Hayden and Ewan facing off against each other. But have no fear, true believers, because the gnashing of teeth, unbridled vitriol, and boundless whining has only just begun. We'll surely get into all of that, as well as seeing how badly our predictions predictably turned out in this episode 108. Goodbye, Darth. Obi-Wan Kenobi, the real or the jabroni results. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who single-handedly helped to bring the Kenobi series to the small screen by endlessly harassing Disney Plus executives until he was the subject of a restraining order. He has been my partner in idiocy for over two decades and will be cosplaying as Jack Porkins at his local Comic-Con this summer solely because of his infinity for barbecue. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. How did the Porkins rumor fly out, and how did anyone know about that? That was a surprise. Stay on target. Stay on target. Loosen up. Wee. Wee. Oh, wait. No, that wasn't a thing. Um, oh I don't know. I, I have my sources. I have all my right. sources. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Well, how are you, sir? You know, I don't know. We'll find out about an hour and a half after we uh, tally up all these things. I have not looked at the spreadsheet that tells how our, our rumors and uh, how all of that turned out. So uh, I don't know yet. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going, I'm going to be very down the middle. I'm, I'm okay, I guess. All right. I, I know get, this is uh, a very uh, high stress thing for you. There, there's much on the line. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, for those who, uh, actually, we got a ton. I just want to say hello to all the new members of the Free Range ADC congregation uh, who, well, maybe they just tuned in for, for Tom Cruise and now they're like, yeah, these chuckleheads are done. They're already, they've already stopped listening. But we had a, step one a, was Costner, step two was Cruise. <laughs> Yeah, we had an influx of new listeners and downloads over the past week, which is pretty amazing and cool. So welcome to all the new members of the Free Range EDC congregation. And if you don't know what that means, well, just stick around and you'll figure it out and you'll probably be sorry about it as well. But hey, we're just as sorry. So we're all sorry together, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. However, uh, if, so for those of you who don't know, what we did was uh, the beginning of uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, we went through and looked at all of the internet or interwebs rumors about what was going to happen in the Kenobi series. And we went through and, and decided which ones were going to happen and which ones were not going to happen. And as a tribute to one of our favorite uh, Twitter people, uh, the Iron Sheik, uh, we, uh, we determined which was Bubba. the real and which was the jabroni, uh, which was basically true and false because we just have to overcomplicate everything to compensate that's kind of 
just how we work. Brand loyal to the end. Yes. And uh, and just to make things interesting, we put a uh, bottle of bourbon on the line for our mm. our trouble. And uh, I, I made either the the great decision or the very poor decision uh, <laughs> after we ended up with a tie last time, which was fantastic because our scoring system is so bizarre and stupid. But it, it's supposed <laughs> to keep us from having a tie. And yet we had a tie. Uh, so when we had our Doctor Strange predictions, we we came out with a tie, and I said, "Hey, let's make this double or nothing," um, which actually isn't double or nothing because it's it's basically just double for whoever wins. That's I don't know what the hell I was thinking when I said that. So I'm I'm either getting two bottles of bourbon or I'm losing two bottles of bourbon. So that's why I'm a little cagey about how I'm feeling right now because even though it's not. <laughs> It's not like we're spending three, four, $400 a bottle on this. It's still, I mean, I, I got to put gas in a Jeep Wrangler, man. I mean, I, I things, I got to watch my installments. expenses. Oh, I'll you, take installments. Okay, I'll, I'll send it to you in nips. That's how it'll work. <laughs> You'd be getting Here's a series of very small. Is two doubles? <laughs> is three doubles? Yeah. And it's all going to be fireball, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I've not yet begun to defile myself. You're welcome. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, before we get on to that, though, as is tradition, we like to uh, get into a little bit of the thing that we call the Week in Geek. These are all egg, uh, little bits of news and and uh, things that are happening that not quite not quite ready for an entire show, but it's enough for mm-hmm. us to talk about and mention. And so we like to call that the Week in Geek. Now, we did have some sponsors for this for a little while. However, uh, that kind of fell by the wayside, uh, mostly when our intern, Patrick, basically, uh, I found out he was living at our office and I, then I had to tend to him and also to the, the care of the office because it was getting pretty funky in there. Uh, however, we do have a sponsor for the Week in Geek. Oh, very nice. This episode's Week in Geek is sponsored by those Star Wars fans who spend all day ranting online that Lucasfilm hasn't done anything good since being purchased by Disney. Yes, those boundless sucking voids of darkness and misery have nothing but time to break down for you in minute detail how everything is wrong with Star Wars now and that it was all right back in the day while conveniently ignoring all of those Jar Jar Binks jokes they made in 2002. May you finally achieve your destiny of being cast into a Sarlacc pit so the rest of us can actually enjoy life for once. so funky actually this week is a little light believe it or not there there wasn't a really? whole lot of news going around oh yeah oh yeah the hell you, I mean, say. you want to talk some more wrestling injuries of the latest vince rumor but uh well i <laughs> which, mean by the way today doesn't look good oh so. boy i have not checked the i have not checked the uh the hot sheets oh, yeah. for for vince news today do you do you, can you give me just a teaser uh, it's it's pretty serious so it's it's hard to make light of it you know oh. what I mean? It's that sort of thing. So uh, it, it's something from his past coming back, and it wasn't it wasn't good. So. Oh, and that's bad because you know, I mean, it, let's just say, like, you don't get to be rich and powerful without having a couple of skeletons in your closet. And I'm pretty sure Vince oh, has got a fairly large walk-in closet, shall we say? So I guess yeah. I shouldn't be that surprised. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, but. What else we, we, we got? come bearing news and we come uh, with 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 a contest of sorts uh, to kind of round things out for the week in geek a, a oft uh, asked for uh, because I, I do get the listenership email and there there was a 
a an asking for for a return of a certain subsegment of, of no geek so Did, i am no I'm giving the people what they're asking for <laughs> tim listen to me now we've we've known each other for a long time we we can't continue this okay this is it's beyond the bounds of good taste, even for us, <laughs> even by our shallow, low standards. Oh goodness! Please tell me we're not doing another doing another Star Wars Red Five trivia. Well, we're we're the the original one we did uh, ended uh, kind of went kaput. Wait a minute! Uh, I, I no, wanted no, to no. go for at least. Eight more rounds, and and you were unwilling to do so. So I decided to just you know because you won, I conceded victory to you, which you were almost well, yeah, unwilling to accept. Which is you were, you were you were turning a corner, you were you were closing the gap, and oh, making it interesting. God, and, uh, oh God, in heaven, you know I mean? help me! <sighs> I don't have enough booze for this on hand. All right, so what do we got? What do we got before we get to the torture? Do you just want to get the torture out of the way? No, we'll 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 start with the news. So, uh <laughs> one thing we have from from the Marvel end of the universe uh is a tidbit about and I love this. This is from uh, giantfreakingrobot.com uh that Gillian Anderson of X-Files fame will be joining Marvel in a major role. But when you read the actual article, uh the second paragraph starts thusly. As far as who Anderson will play and in what film and or TV series, our source wasn't able to spill the beans, but we have some pretty good ideas, which leads me to ask, why on earth would you put that, you know, in your title that she is joining in a major role when you cannot identify what said role is and only speculate? You might as well be like you might as well be a ringmaster with one of those little bullhorns standing on top of a of a podium in the middle of the three rings going, let the wild speculation begin. <laughs> yes. Yes. We don't we don't know yes. what series, we don't know what role, we don't know any of that, but we've got some pretty good ideas. No, you don't. Yes. No, you Here don't. Guesses. You have oh got bupkis is what you nope. got. Oh nope. my gosh. They got nothing. Hang on they a second. Nothing. Hang on a second. Mrs. Mrs. Uncle Todd is is venture is oh. gesturing wildly to me through the studio door. <laughs> what? <laughs> the studio door. The sunset. Yes, the sun is setting. You're correct. It it is very yes, it is very, very nice. You know what? Do you do you all want to come out here and have a family moment? We're we're actually recording an episode here. Do you have any, you you anything that you would like to add besides besides the sunset? Anything? Yep, and that's why they pay him the big bucks. All right, well, good night, toodles. Thank you for pointing out the sunset. Yes, it is quite lovely. Love you. Yes, I, I love you too. Have a, have a fantastic evening. <laughs> Forgot to turn the on on the air sign on, huh? Oh my goodness! Yeah, this is uh. It, it, so the funny thing is, like, either I'm at the office and I've got Patrick ca- causing mayhem around me, or I've got my family coming out like, "Look at the sunset!" And like, yeah, it's <laughs> it's nice. Uh, I am oh, nice doing something. Moment. Yeah, although it, I will say it is it is very like Lion Kingish right now. Like, it's got that mm. same sort of like glow. Kind of makes me want to go out oh. and hold. Hold my cat up in the in the middle there of the street. Go. I'm the headline. 
all the all the neighbors looking like oh god he's back on the absinthe again <laughs> anyways so again oh. what what is what is the what do they have a pretty good idea about i'm 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 it, i can't i am i can't wait to hear what this is uh so the so according to them, uh, the most natural spot for Scully to fill in in the Marvel universe is as Marvel mutant uh, Dr. Moira Mattaggart. Um, so I, I guess she was uh, played by Olivia Williams in uh, 07's X-Men The Last Stand and then by Rose Byrne in 2011's X-Men First Class and 2016's X-Men Apocalypse. So mm, yeah. uh, that is uh, one of the big rumors uh, or one of the big roles that she is rumored for. Now, I I could see that, although that to me is kind of weird, though, because if I remember right, Moira McTaggart, at least in the in the uh the newer X-Men films. And I, I thought I remember in the comics, although I could totally be wrong here is that she is, is somewhat of a, uh, a love interest for professor X or that there, Correct. there was some sort of really. So, I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not saying like, Oh my gosh, well she's X years old and so-and-so is X years old. So therefore it can't be and blah, 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 blah. I'm just saying like, it, it feels like it's kind of an odd spot because i i really thought i mean i I mean i don't know who who they have for professor x in mind it can't be patrick stewart i mean i know that we just saw him but i don't think that's going to be the main you know mcu professor x man wouldn't it be great if they got uh what's his uh mcavoy because i think he was fantastic (laughs) not to mix my super teams he was fantastic um but uh I don't know. It just it now. I mean, I wonder how they would cast that if you know how that would work. Anyways, um, any other ideas for her? Uh, well, th- this is the best one. So um, after we we talk uh, about um, Moira Mac Taggart, uh, the next paragraph says another choice, uh, an- another choice role for Gillian Anderson could fill uh, for Marvel would be the kind of part for which she is criminally underutilized as a villain. And then they don't go on to say what villain she could play. <laughs> wow. I mean, I'm just reading this like, what? okay. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's, so, that is absolutely fantastic. Because, really, it's, it's like, you know what she could be good as? A hero. Well, geez, Sparky. Dun-dun-dun. You have now accounted for approximately 50% of the parts available. Wow. Yes. You really dig some really laying your reputation on the line there. Let me tell you, reducing it down to a coin flip, because why not? Oh yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the one thing they bring up from the comics is if uh, Marvel were to bring in uh, cruel psychic Cassandra Nova, who uh, ultimately proves to be the twin sister of Charles Xavier and just as powerful. Um, so I guess that could be interesting, but it seems like if that were to be the case, it would be quite deep into the uh, comic lore for X-Men. And, uh, you know, quite honestly, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more of a list here. Uh, you know, ha- having it be Moira McTaggart and uh, Cassandra Nova, and then, you know, that's pretty much it. It's like, well, it'll be interesting to see what role she gets. It's like, you know, next time, maybe not put she's going to get a major role if you can't name at least three. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Oh my gosh. I feel embarrassed I even pulled this uh article. Anyways. I mean, no, you no, you're not. Let's let's just admit it. And and yeah. by the way, for anyone for anyone bothering to wonder, um uh Gillian Anderson, fifty three years old, which actually I I would have actually thought maybe a little bit younger or uh, hmm. then again, no, that would make sense. Cause you know, I'm, I'm right around 46 and that she would have been a couple of years older than me being on, being on the X files at that point. So yeah, it figures, but I mean, again, a great, great actor. I mean, whatever they put her in, as long as they're not stupid, which Chances are they won't be because they're not DC <laughs> yeah. uh, or Warner Brothers. She's going to be great. And even if it's like a one-off, um, mm-hmm. like, um, oh, my gosh, uh, the actor who played Hera. I'm oh, um, totally one shot. Yes. She was fa- – and you could tell that she was like – she was actually having fun. Like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I am, this is so ridiculous. This is actually like so over the top. I'm having a blast. I could see her digging into something like that. And yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, oh yeah, she'd be great as a villain, you know, yeah. but, yeah. but at least have an idea of it when you're writing the article. Right. <laughs> I mean, at least the consistent thread throughout the article is that it, it, it sounds more and more like it's going to be uh, X-Men based. And uh, it, you know, I mean, it, they they claim in their article this is a very reliable source, so uh, we we shall see. I mean, we've been waiting for the X Men to show up since Wandavision, uh, and and that hasn't happened yet. So uh, we will have to see where Marvel is going to go next, and whether they're going to introduce the X Men or not. Oh, they are. Are you kidding? It's it's on the slate. I mean, there's no way that they're not going to introduce the X Men. Twenty twenty four, probably. Which I mean is not that far away. We were talking about how far away you know, Dr. Strange was mm-hmm. when we were not, it did, it feels like a minute and a half ago again, uh, you know, with COVID time has lost all meaning at this point. So I, there's, there is that as well, but no, I mean, it's going to be, she's going to be fantastic in it, whatever they'd have her do. I mean, that's it. That's what's kind of upsetting to me about the article is like, Oh, she'll be great at this part of this. And I'm like, yeah, she's been great. Any part. Like she was, she's a really good actor. Like, duh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it makes me it makes it sound like you have an idea and you don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want wild speculation, that's what we're here for. Okay, that's gimmick infringement that's right. is really what's pissing me off about this. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna yes, I'm gonna be that petty. We have cornered the market in wild rumors and speculation. Well, if not, we should have at this point. Yeah, fair enough. We yeah, we haven't though because we're inherently lazy. And here I'm mm-hmm. speaking mostly for myself. <laughs> I, I would not dare to be oh. the man they call Tim with 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 the uh, the moniker of lazy. Well, that's a man who's always in the what hustle. It wants sometimes. <laughs> well, and what your heart wants is a is a is a tot of uh, of bourbon and some Star Wars Old Republic. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Until like three in the morning, and you're like, "Oh God, I'm going to pay for this." <laughs> what have I done? What have I done? All right. Uh, our next one is really just a hot take on, uh, you know, being out in the theater and, and seeing the, the trailers for upcoming films. And in this case, uh, upcoming is, is a loose term because this is 2023. Um, is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, trailer uh, came out, I believe, a couple of weeks ago and uh, has been uh, 
being shown in theaters. It's on the YouTubes. Uh, we have uh, both uh, watched this uh, in our pre-production meeting and uh, are going to speak to it. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I, I was a big fan. And quite honestly, as we were watching the trailer, the thought occurred to me, I'm going to go back and watch the original one and, and kind of all the movies that have followed because I really didn't watch anything after the very first one. I, I, I saw the first really? one, I think it was in 96 or 97. And, um, and I liked it. And then, yeah, for some reason with the sequels, I just never went back I just never made it to the theater to see him. So forget being in the seen... theater, sir. I mean, how, how have you not caught one of those by accident somehow? I mean, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've, there's you know, been enough of them. I mean, how yeah. many, how many mission yeah. impossible movies are there? There's gotta be, I thought they got up to four or five. Uh, Oh, seven. Jeez. Louise. Yeah. Cause the first trivia item here on IMDB, Tom Cruise and Bing <laughs> Rames are the only actors who have appeared in all seven films in the series. Nice. So I mean, it's it's heading towards like Fast and Furious, yes, territory. It really, it is. Yeah, yep. So uh, yeah, so uh, we watched the trailer, and sir, what? Uh, just some, just some quick thoughts on what you saw. Um, I mean, it it looks like the the kind of thing that you are going to enjoy in a theater if if you're not really. <sighs> I don't know. Here's the thing. Like it's yeah, it's it's big. It's going to have a lot of explosions, a lot of great set pieces. Um, Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise is insane and he has his alien powers. So he's he does like a ton of his own stunts. And so there's you know, he seems to be very into like practical effects and all that. So a lot of this, it's going to look great. I mean, just from the just from the the trail, the trailer, it looks great and it looks like it's going to look really good on the big screen. I've even though I've watched a lot of these movies, I got to say, like, if there was a if there was a spy series that I could have given seven movies to, I would have I would much rather have seven James uh, uh, Jason Bourne movies. Just because I I felt that character was a little more interesting, maybe it's just because, uh, you know, the the Xenu powers from Tom Cruise put me off. I don't know what it is. Um. (laughs) Maybe I just haven't gotten to the high, a high enough level, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And and hey, Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg, all those cats who are in it, it it's it's a you know a, a fairly stacked cast. It's going to be good. I I can't say that I'm that excited about it though, um, yeah. which is weird because it's not like oh well it's too long in the tooth because I've I've gone to see a bunch of the James Bond movies like I've seen every single uh, Daniel Craig James Bond movie in the theater I believe um and and enjoyed all of those and what he had like five or six movies as as Bond yeah yeah something like that mm-hmm. and I didn't get sick of those I don't know what it is about Mission Impossible it just doesn't quite ring the bell for me I don't know why so I'm I'm not really the the prime audience for this but I, right. I will say it looks glorious and it, it looks like it's going to be oh, yeah. a lot of yeah. big kind of popcorn movie fun. And yeah. granted, I mean, it, it's it's so, like these movies to me strike me as like, hey, here's a Michael Bay style of movie with a brain, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So and and hey, that's good fun. I'm, I'm sure you'll walk out of there feeling like you, you got your money's worth. What do you think, sir? How do you feel about it? Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, as someone who has seen the first one and seen none of, uh, the follow-ons, uh, I don't know. It looked interesting and, and maybe I'm, I'm 
feeling a little encouraged after uh, a, a very positive outing with Top Gun 2 that uh, maybe, uh, you know, there, there's no direct line here. It's not like, you know, great Top Gun 2 is going to mean great Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. But um, I'm just wondering if uh, Mr. Cruz is, is kind of finding himself in, you know, with some good writing, some good stories. Uh, the cast looks, you know, really good top to bottom. Uh, Haley Atwell uh, is in it. Indira Varma, who uh, is just coming off her, her time on uh, Kenobi. Uh, as as Tala, re, you know Rebecca Ferguson, who uh, I forget her character's name in Dune, but you know playing the uh, the the mother of uh, mm. of the main character whose name is escaping me. Oh, my goodness <laughs> gracious! My memory knows no bounds and apparently knows nothing. So, um, but yeah, no, just uh, Palm Clementef who plays Mantis in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Charles Parnell, I looked up. His uh, coat, his uh, tag name in, in Top Gun, Warlock, baby, Warlock. Yes, is in this one, not Cyclone uh, then, as I as I thought it was. Yeah, I don't <laughs> the know. Human Cyclone, and then uh, Henry Zerny, who uh, he is the uh, gentleman who we see in the the first half of the trailer, who's kind of telling uh, Tom Cruise's uh, character Ethan Hunt what's what and uh mm. he, he is from the very first one i again having not seen the sequels i don't know if he makes appearances in in the other ones but he he was uh, one of the original characters from the first one so yeah uh, so yeah i i'm kind of excited for it i like i said i don't know may, maybe i'm just in kind of that that frame of mind for you know spy movies or whatever but it, it's it looks interesting uh it does have a very jason Bourne sort of feel to it um and, uh, and, you know, quite honestly, in this day and age, you know, a, a lot has been done with these sort of spy movies. So it's hard to, you know, strike a, you know, kind of an original chord with the action because a lot of different things have been done. And um, but, you know, nonetheless, they, they like like you're saying, a lot of visual eye candy, a lot of, you know, what looks to be good action and hopefully a solid story to back it, especially where it is a part one. So it better end on a cliffhanger that is worthy of uh uh, you know, is, is worthy of, of a two-parter, um, you know, that, that it's going to be. So those are my, uh, my, my initial impressions of this, my friend. Well, and, and the interesting thing about this is I, just in kind of clicking through the, the IMDB page, of course, Christopher McQuarrie is the director, um, and he is very much like uh, a Tom Cruise guy. Like there are in, in professional wrestling, there are Paul Heyman guys. Christopher McQuarrie is definitely a Tom Cruise guy because uh, here's, he has a, he has a bunch of writing credits and starting in 2012, see if any of these sound familiar. Jack Reacher, uh, Jack, the giant slayer. Eh, not so much edge of tomorrow, mission impossible, rogue nation, the mummy mission impossible, fallout top gun, maverick, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckonings Part One and Two, and in un, and uh, also in pre-production is an untitled Tom Cruise slash SpaceX project. Ah, so apparently Tom is actually getting blasted into space at some point. He's he's going to try and he's going to search the universe for Xenu. Maybe that's the new movie after this. I don't know. Whoa! But he's actually Whoa. and he's he's written like you know Jack Reacher. Uh, he's the, also the screenwriter for. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. Those weren't his directing credits. That was his writer credits. But if, as a director, he's he's uh, done the Jack Reacher movie, and now this will be his third out of four Mission Impossible movies. Uh, nice. With both of the Dead Reckonings being three and four. So I mean, he's he's he is a Tom Cruise guy. Like he is, 
it appears right now he is Tom Cruise's uh, official movie pet, shall we say. Um, nice. I don't know, man. It, we'll see. We'll see how good it's going to be. Um, yeah, I, I will say yeah, one okay. thing. You know what is kind of really annoying to me at this point is how every sequel now, there's no more numbers. So mm-hmm. it's, it's getting harder and harder to figure out where the hell you are in continu- continuity, you know? <laughs> Because you just said Top Gun 2, and I'm like, it's not Top Gun 2, it's Top Gun Maverick. Uh, you know, same as like mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, Afterlife, uh, you yeah. know, uh, Suicide Squad, The Suicide Squad, which is the freaking dumbest thing ever. That is actually the dumbest one right there to, to have like... got to be in that board meeting. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering what the if they actually make a third one, if it's going to be The Suicide Squad's... You know, like they just keep on adding to it and hoping that nobody notices uh, too late. Um, although, have you been keeping up with the whole Ezra Miller thing? Speaking, just kind of delving I into mean, the DC on the, world. On the periphery, I just, yeah. Oh, my sweet Lord. I, it, There's it, enough nonsense in the world. I kind of limit the intake of it yeah oh and that that will that is tomfoolery and ballyhoo to an insane degree and it just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper Mm -hmm. oh my gosh they're they're going to end up having i think i saw mark bernardin tweet out tweet that out like they're gonna they're gonna have to reshoot that movie or because you know they're gonna have to go back and spend like 75 to 100 million to recast that character and just reshoot all those parts because i mean you can't release it like this so this guy's mm-hmm. he is he is toxic enough he's, he's beyond toxic he's radioactive oh, yeah. at yeah. this point uh and and oh my gosh it's gonna be it's just insane i i can't like i i he is ezra miller, ezra miller is one of the reasons why i don't want to go on twitter much because I'm just scared because that's where I've always found out like every like weird thing that's happening with him. Like the next horrible thing that Ezra Miller did is always on. I always find it out on Twitter and I'm like, oh, why did I log on today? Could have yeah. lived the rest of my life without knowing how much more of a dirtbag this guy is. Yeah. It's <sighs> Social media, folks. It's good. <laughs> good for what ails you. Yeah, I guess. <sighs> well... Moving right along. Oh, well, Mission thank you Impossible. very much for, uh, you know, for finding all this we information. We're so glad. Oh, that we, we have one more week. thing, sir. We <laughs> bring it to an end. We and we're going to go into thing, our, uh, we're going to get into our uh, real and jabroni returns for Kenobi. Hold on a minute. What were your overall, overall thoughts on Kenobi, sir? <laughs> nice try, mister. We have one more thing uh, that we No, we don't. We're, we're moving of. right along. We do. We're, we're, we're on we to do. Kenobi. Cue we're, the music, we please. We're on to Kenobi. Production person. We don't have a production right. person. We, we don't have well, staff for that. We, pay, we don't even pay <laughs> We don't even pay Patrick. And the thing is, like, he's been our intern now for like eight months. He hasn't noticed. <laughs> he, is, he hasn't asked for a paycheck once, which actually makes me concerned with how much stuff he might be stealing from the office. That's... <laughs> That's what I'm really concerned about now is how much, what is he doing and what's he fencing from the office in order to support his life? I don't know. I don't ask and I haven't noticed anything missing. So I'm just trying to to move on from there. But anyways, uh, on to the real or jabroni uh, Kenobi returns. Uh, Sir, sorry. We we have a Star Wars Red 5 ready to go. The Obi-Wan Kenobi edition. Are you ready, sir? No, I'm not. I'm not. This, This is... 
See, this is the Question reason why we were, one. This is the reason why we were gaining listeners is because we had stopped doing this. Question number one. <sighs> According to Obi Wan Kenobi, what is a Jedi's lightsaber? A, his best friend. B, his life. C, his security. Or D, his protection. I hate All these you questions so much. Obi Wan Kenobi focused. So, what did and and I'll give you a, a hint as far as the movie, uh, so you can think about you know, time period or whatever. So this mm. is from the Attack of the Clones era. Oh goody! According to Obi Wan Kenobi, what is a Jedi's lightsaber? A. His best friend. B. His life. C. His security. Or D. His protection. Let's go with his protection because I just I'm praying for the sweet release of death right now. So All yeah, right, you're saying D. I am going to say B. His life. Don't tell me it's B. And it's B, ladies and gentlemen. Amazing. So here's another thing for all of our new listeners, if you're still hanging around, that is. Uh, all of these questions are coming out of a, a book of Star Wars trivia that Tim Obsessed has. Star Wars. Test your knowledge of the galaxy far, far away by Benjamin Harper. So just to clarify, Tim picks the, the trivia out of this book that he owns mm-hmm. and which has the answers in it. And then he asks me, the guy without the book who has not seen the questions, and guess who is winning? Well, it would be it's Tim. A simple, it's a simple show of knowledge. Can you can you believe just the Illinois freaking political machine, vote early, vote often kind of shenanigans going on here? All right, let's run through these. Come on. Who Question was two. referred to as a crazy old hermit by the locals on Tatooine? A, Owen Lars. B, Huff Darklighter. C, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Or D, Sherrod Het. All right. The first thing is, I know the answer. The second thing is, you made up B and D. I did not. That is literally what is written in the book. Well, then that guy made it up. It, he, it, was, it was Ben Kenobi. Quite possibly. It was Kenobi. So you're going to say C, Ben Kenobi? You are yes. correct, sir. That is also my answer. Kind of gave it away since I said it's kind of these are Kenobi themed questions. So well done. You, you broke through my uh, my coded message. All right, here uh, next question: uh, Who referred to Obi Wan as a crazy old man? A. Han Solo. B. Baru Lars. C. Owen Lars. Or D. Darth Vader. A. Because Lars, because Owen referred to him as a crazy old wizard. Uh, I'm going to say Han Solo as well. And so the answer is... Let's see. Oh, the answer is C. It is Owen... Oh, Owen Lars. No, Owen he called Lars. him an old wizard. I think we need to go back to the uh, film and... Uh... That's a bunch of bantha droppings right there, let me tell you. All right. Next. Watch your language, sir. Oh, my gosh. All right, next question. Uh, Who introduced Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker to Han Solo? A, Boshek, B, Chewbacca, C, Dan's Borin, or D, Danik Jericho? That would be Chewie. Uh, That is going to be my answer as well. And the answer is, uh, it is B, Chewbacca. 
Let's just get this over with, though. This is five, right? Uh, yeah, but I actually picked out eight, so this is what we're doing. Tim, I, I'm telling Elon... you right now, there is not What's eight. That? There is not okay. eight. What did Elan Sleaze Bagano? So this is uh, from Attack of the Clones. What did Elon Sleaze Bagano? You don't have to know the name, but you'll you'll get it when you hear the end of the question. Try to sell Obi Wan Kenobi in the Outlander nightclub. Think of the movie. Think of when Kenobi went into a nightclub. What did uh, this person offer to sell Obi-Wan Kenobi? Okay. A, Rancor Nail Blades. B, Death Sticks. C, Slith. I don't know what that is. Or D, Sleep Sticks. Death Sticks. Final answer. Yes, just get this over with. I don't care. Yes, it is. Well done, sir. Death Sticks. And what did you choose? I chose Death Sticks as well. Of course you did. Okay. Thank you very much for right, taking us. Tim, we're not doing eight of these, okay? Take your victory and go, okay? What creature? No. <laughs> okay, that's it. You shut off. It's a Star Wars Red 5. Five questions. That's One it. One more question. No. No, it's not the red six. It's red five. First, red first five. Obi Wan Kenobi. I swear to God, right now, I, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I, sure. I, I will fly to Chicago and I will light your car on fire. Oh my God! If this if this is the last question, this okay. is it. You get one bonus, and then you, here here you get one bonus, and then we're done with this forever. I don't know about that. Okay, well then take your five and we're done. What creature first attacked Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and Jar Jar as they traveled through Naboo's core? A, OP Sea Killer, B, Sando Aqua Monster, C, Famba, or D, Colo Clawfish? A. You going to go with A? Sure. I'm going to go with B. And the answer is B. Congratulations, Tim. The answer is uh, no, sir. The answer is A. So oh, holy shnikes. Even a one, blind two, squirrel three. finds a nut. So one, two, three. Oh, uh, sir, we're tied at four apiece. I think we need one more question. No, we don't. That's that. That's it. We are tied at four apiece. Good. Let's let it go that way, and we can both part with some dignity, which is a very rare thing for us. When Obi-Wan Kenobi ran a test on Anakin's blood scene, Tim, I, Tim, come on. Please. Ladies and gentlemen, I tried. Uncle Todd is unwilling to uh, finish out the final two. You're correct, I am. Let's, let's just call it. That right. was good. We can both walk away with a little bit of dignity. You know, I don't get There's a lot no of that. dignity in a tie. You got to have a victor and, a, and, and someone in defeat. You know what? You uh, you know what? Fine. You win. I concede. All right. Thank you very much, Tim, for uh, getting all that together. Let me finish my segment here. And that, my friends, is the Week in Geek. You done? Okay. Thank God.
Okay, so now we're on to the topic at hand, which is our real and jabroni results. However, uh, first of all, let's uh, let's get some overall thoughts. What were your overall thoughts on the limited series that was Obi Wan Kenobi? Uh, overall, I was very happy with it. Uh, I thought it was well done, and I appreciated the. Uh, you know, the detail they, they kind of went into, I, I, I think when they do these sorts of period, you know, pieces where we're kind of diving in, you know, like Book of Boba Fett and, and, and you're, you're kind of diving into a very, you know, focused story on, you know, a location or uh, maybe a couple locations, but, but it's, it's meant to be focused on, you know, the time that these characters are operating in. And, and for, you know, we don't really have as viewers uh, a lot of, you know, visual material, um, you know, on the screen or TV for what happens between Revenge of the Sith and Rogue One. Um, mm. So I thought this was a great way to kind of, uh, you know, bring us into this time period that, that you know, there's a lot of, there, there's books and there's animated series and so forth, but there's not a lot about, you know, really that we have in live action that, that has been expressed and that has, you know, kind of uh, connected uh, or, or been the connective tissue, you know, between episode three and, and episode four and Rogue One. So, um, so yeah, so no, I, I really like that. Um, uh, I, do you want me to go through the whole list or, or just kind of general thoughts? Uh, just general thoughts. Like, you know, what, what yeah, rung no, you so shine? I, 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 I thought it was great. Uh, I like the fact they focused on the Kenobi, uh, Leia relationship. Uh, I enjoyed, um, you know, the, you know, again, one of the big draws was kind of uh, was seeing, you know, Kenobi and Vader together again and, and battling it out and, and what would be the conditions unto which they would get into that sort of scenario. And, um, you know, because I think coming out, you know, coming into it, there there is a story that has been told and, and they have to somehow line all this up to it. And so how they were going to do that and and maintain what has already been established in episode four was was kind of the challenge. And uh, I, I thought they they did a, uh, a a really you know well done job with it and uh, and really uh, uh, told uh, you know I, I have a note here this is almost like the the restoration or I, I think resurrection might be a little bit of a uh, hard word for for this but but it's really the, the the restoration of Kenobi you know we we see him in the beginning as a very broken man um, given what had happened and I think it was good to show that because. Uh, oftentimes, you know, when, when you think of these stories, you just think of them in, in their time frame and, and not very much of what happened in between. And so to be able to see that and to see, you know, him kind of have his faith restored and the way that gets restored. And we'll talk about that later. Um, I really enjoyed. What about you, sir? Well, I think the first, first and foremost, I, I like how you point out the idea that, you know, we don't have a, even though you, you, I, I love how you say we don't have a ton of material on the screen, but then you go into like, you start thinking about it, like, there's a, a ton of seasons of Clone Wars. And then you also have the extended universe books and, you know, or whatever, you know, they're called at this point, um, legacy or whatever, uh, all these things in there. So there actually kind of is, but, the, but to, to kind of hone in on that, that one area, um, what I appreciate is, uh, whether or not I think they did a fantastic job at this or, or did a, a not so great job at it, there is, there has to be, I think an acknowledgement of the difficulty of 
the task they set themselves. And you have to give them a little bit of credit for that because really you're working within very tight constraints um, because you can't tell a grand epic story that's going to span a ton of time because one, you've only, you're only going to get Ewan McGregor for a certain amount of time. You're not getting a multi seasons. You're not getting him for, right. you know, all of this stuff. Like you're, you're telling a compact story and this is it. Like really, this is probably the, I can't imagine he's going to agree to come back again and again and again and again. Um, and you're also working, like you said, in, in terms of like, okay, well it's got to match up and be somewhere in between episode three and episode four with, you know, like rogue one is, it's not really episode 3.5. It's more like episode, you know, 3.95. Like it's, it's right before rogue one. So, I mean, you still have a a lot of time in there, but you got to pick a time that's going to make sense. Um, so, I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that this was a very difficult task to do that and to get the tone right and to get everything to line up right. And yeah, there's stuff that, that I think that they, they did better than others. Um, and that they, there's, there's some things that I think that lined up really well. And there's other things that I think they, that kind of slipped by the wayside and okay, fine. Didn't ruin it, but it's not great. Um, but especially the, the biggest part is you're working with this character who has three distinct iterations and not just distinct iterations, but distinctly iconic iterations. I mean, you've got live action with Alec Guinness, the OG and Alec yeah. Guinness, a very incredibly well-respected uh, actor in his own right and, and really brought a ton of legitimacy to star Wars episode four when it was, when it was coming out, like, Oh wow. So who, who are all these chumps? <laughs> Oh, Alec Guinness. Oh, wow. That's now we've got a little bit of, you know, name credit here. Um, then you have Ewan McGregor uh, portraying him in the in the prequel movies. Um, and then you have uh, in Clone Wars vo- uh, voiced by James Arnold Taylor, who was, an, uh, again, uh, had a ton of screen time, uh, plenty of time to flesh out that character and really make make that character th- this third version of Kenobi. So having to work with all that we know about this guy and still manage to fit it in there, in there somewhere. Again, it can't be the same as it was in the prequel trilogies. So, I mean, finding that tone and all that, like that's a, that's a huge task. And I give him a huge amount of credit for that. That, that I, I, you know, as much as you love to say like, Oh, of course they're going to make money off it. And yeah, of course Disney's looking to make some cash. No kidding. But man, as a, as a writer, and the people who are like shepherding this show, like that, there is a severe pucker factor on this. <laughs> you're you're going to get it wrong, and like really wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think they got it. I think they got it more right than wrong. I'll, I'll leave it at that for the moment. All right, very nice. So, uh, what Any surprises? You, well, and this is where we kind of get into it. Uh, even though I, I really can't say that I love the show, I enjoyed it. It it was a, it was, it was an interesting watch. Um, it, but I can't say that, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was a, I'd put it on par with, you know, any of the movies or, or even like the Mandalorian. Like I would not put this up against season one of the Mandalorian. It would be left in the dust by, by several stretches. 
Um, I, I, I wasn't expecting it. The surprise for me though, was I wasn't expecting it to be so, I wasn't expecting personally to be so emotional about some of those moments throughout the series. Um, and especially the finale. I, I think they did a very good job at, at tugging at some heartstrings and, and kind of playing off of the nostalgia, um, which again is kind of been a theme for a lot of stuff, uh, especially, when you're looking at Star Wars and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, it, it's appealing to the, the folks who are OG Star, Star Wars fans like us, like who are, who are old enough yeah. that we were kids when the first movies came out. Um, although looking at that, I can also see why a lot of people weren't keen on it because it did rely so heavily on nostalgia and character and emotion. And really story was like a distant fourth place after those i don't think the story was that strong i really don't i don't think they did a great job of um of really telling a great story the story was just like okay well this is what we can do and this is what we can fit and this is how we can this is how we can move maneuver these characters and at the end of the day i'm like eh, the, you you just leaned on emotion and nostalgia and and the characters themselves um, to get you there, even in even in the stuff between, um, you know, Darth Vader and, and Obi Wan, uh, it it was it was so banking on all of those things that I was like, okay, but yeah, what's the real story here? You know, like, and I get like you're saying, like the the kind of restoration of Obi Wan Kenobi, but like the actual. <laughs> The actual story that got you there, I felt was like, it's so kind of thin that it's like, okay, well, it was a kind of a fun yarn and it was fun to see those, those characters and all that. But after I'm like, okay, I, I probably don't ever have to watch that again, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, surprises, but, uh, but, uh, nothing that was like, oh my gosh, this was amazing. I I will say I was surprised that we got two encounters between Obi-Wan and Darth. Um, whereas, I mean, it was kind of up for debate whether or not we would see them confront each other before Mm -hmm. and to get two of them. And I did like the fact that they were two very distinctly different encounters. Um, I mean, in the first one for crying aloud, Obi-Wan was like, run away. And, (laughs) you know, I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) we're, we're, we're definitely in a different spot here. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would have liked, I, I'm not so sure I'm saying that I would have liked to have been surprised more. I would have liked to have a to kind of had a better story, I guess, a story that that stood up a little bit more on its own and didn't have to lean on some of those things. What about you, sir? What what were some surprises for you? Uh, well, we, we talked about it an episode or two ago, but just the the revelation that uh, you know that Kenobi didn't know that Anakin was alive, I thought was interesting. Um, that was surprising. Um, uh, the other part of um uh just just seeing like the you know the actual tangible effects of um you know the jedi purge and uh and and just the way that they're you know kind of relentlessly being hunted down by the inquisitors um i know some of that stuff was explored i think in rebels um i haven't watched you know a lot of that content Mm. myself um uh but you know i liked that it it really kind of showcased what that you know what all sort of force sensitive people are going through 
uh, in this universe and the fact that there's this, you know, the, they call it the path, but, but basically this, this, um, this conduit or, or way of them, you know, transporting themselves from point A to point B to kind of get around what the inquisitors are doing and what the empire is doing. And, you know, and, and, and there were these little subtle things in there that I, I, I really enjoyed, which was, you know, I mean, I talked about seeing Alderaan, you know, live action was really cool, but, but, you know, I, I watched episode one again with, with my older son who hasn't seen it. And, and, you know, the scene where they're at in the banquet and, you know, the uh, cousin or whatever of, of Bales is talking about, you know, how, how business is getting better under the empire and all this stuff. And, and it was just kind of interesting to see, like, every time we've seen, you know, the, the struggle between the rebellion and the empire, it's the, it's the scrappy, you know, down on their luck kind of, you know, rebels who are scraping together the ability to get by against the empire. And, and we don't really see or get to understand, like, you know, I like that they were showing that there's some element for the wealthy in, in, in this universe of, of some normalcy, you know, that, that the, the empire means different things to different people. Yeah, and, which again kind of owes a little bit to the Last Jedi from a couple episodes yeah. ago when we yes. talked about that because that's a concept that they yeah, absolutely it was really introduced for the first time there. Absolutely. Um, so that was that was a surprise. Um, I, I really enjoyed the the Leia story, and and it didn't fully kind of come full circle, or or the the bow wasn't fully tied until the end of six, where, um you know, where, where Kenobi faces off against Vader and the thing that kind of gets him, you know, like, like I like that scene where he's, he's, you know, try, keeping himself alive basically with the force and everything's coming down on him when he thinks about the past. And it's not until he switches his thinking to be about Leia and Luke and about the future and letting mm. the stuff, behind, you know, that has happened go that he's able to launch himself out of that situation. And then we, and then I mean, to, to me, that's the point where he's he's almost or he is fully restored because then the pummeling begins and yeah. and and Vader is is, you know, it's it's not to the extent of their their very first outing in Revenge of the Sith, but he is he is taken down and he is taken down in in, in a pretty you know dramatic way. Um, and so I, I just, you know, I, I was surprised by like like I. I'm surprised by it, but it, but it's one of the things that that makes me enjoy the story is the fact that now you're getting that line of uh, that that direct line from this, or even from you know Revenge of the Sith when when Kenobi's holding the children to the new to a new hope and 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 emphasizing that new hope and what that really means and that it's in these kids, um, uh, and so yeah, I, I you know there were elements of the story that didn't blow me away, but at the same time I, I did. Um, you know, I did like, you, you know, some of the stories that were a little slower paced or, or not as action oriented, you know, I, I think were the ones where they were building the relationship between Kenobi and Leia and, and, and it, it put a little bit more meaning now behind when you see her in, in the hologram now in a new hope. And she's, you know, saying, help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, you know, she knows him, you know, and, and we now know that she knows him and knows him, you know, somewhat well. And so, um, so I think it just kind of helped put, put a little bit more emphasis around it and kind of helped pivot, you know, Ewan McGregor's, you know, version of Obi-Wan Kenobi from the prequels, pivot it nicely to point in the general direction. I mean, really the ending is great because 
walking, uh, you know, he, he's riding that, that animal and, and he's just, he's heading for those canyons where we meet Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it's like, that's now, now he's, he's oriented in, in, in a direction of where we know he's headed and, or what we're familiar with. And, and that's, you know, I, I just think that's, that's really just, just well done storytelling, um, you know, overall. So, so yeah. Yeah. And the more I thought about it, because I that was one of the pet peeves I was going to express is that, well, I mean, wouldn't Leia have interacted, you know, more warmly with Obi-Wan and this and that? They don't actually like interact at all in A New Hope, do they? No, they, they don't ever. So that's and it kind of makes that look that that Alec Guinness casts a kind of cross the hangar, which I mean, he's looking at Luke, but now Leia is there as well. And so, yeah, you're right. It does kind of inform that. And, you know, OK, so I can get that. I I guess the other part of it is, you know, I don't know, from a from a selfish point of view, I would have I would have enjoyed something a little bit less Leia centric, like mm-hmm. not like I'm talking like cutting, you know, like 50 percent. I'm talking like dial it back to like 60, 70 percent of what it was and 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 get a little bit more of of some other kind of interaction because at a certain point it just becomes like you know the the obi-wan and leia across the universe sort of thing and i'm like okay i i get it but i don't know i'm not really sure what i what i wanted i just felt like it was like i said i i felt like it was a little bit relying too much on emotion and uh the other thing is i would have another Another thing is I would have really liked to have seen just like one Star Wars property where Jedis don't have to lift rocks as a major plot point. I would have really liked to have seen that um, because that's become mm-hmm. such like a running gag at this point. Like mm-hmm. they kind of made fun of it in um, in The Last Jedi when, you know, Luke goes out of his way. He's like not about lifting rocks and then Ray has to lift the rocks. Like it seemed like that was kind yeah. of the tongue in cheek thing there. And then then to see it again here, I'm like there's no tongue in cheek here. Like this is, this seems to be like one of the only things that like Jedi's use the force for is to lift rocks. And, and, uh, you know, that would, it would have been nice to get away from that in some way, shape or form. Um, although the overall lightsaber battle was kind of badass, you know, I'll grant you that kind of odd that we really only got like what we got two, three new scenes with Hayden Christensen where you actually could tell who he was. I mean, we got the, Mm -hmm. We got the Order sixty six, which I mean was was, oh my gosh, talk about a brutal like a brutal way to start out the show. Like damn, yeah. they they just went loaded for bear. Then you get that one scene, the one new scene with uh, with Obi Wan and Anakin together, and then you saw like the him in heavy makeups with a helmet sliced away, yeah. and it just seemed like it like a little odd that you wouldn't have gotten at least one more scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I was know. surprised we didn't see a, a live action flashback with him and Ahsoka or or him and Ahsoka and Kenobi. Um I I I will say one and, and I forgot about including this in my surprises, but but one thing that did surprise me and 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 I and I really enjoyed because we got a hint of it at the end of Rogue One was I, I loved the viciousness. Like we we well, we see a couple things with Vader. We see Vader in his prime of, of, of power. We see Vader in, in a very aggressive and very vicious way, more so than we've ever seen before. You know, we got hints of it in a new hope. We saw it in rogue one, 
But that episode three, when he's walking the streets of that city and he is, you know, you know, snapping necks and dragging people and throwing them against things and just, you know, trying to draw Kenobi out. And then, you know, a couple episodes ago, I, I said, I mean, basically we were watching like a, a mini like Halloween version of, of Vader as Michael Myers, just, mm. you know, constantly stalking, you know, Kenobi and, and, it, and, and really having this very horror movie feel to it. I thought was just phenomenal because it just only serves to enhance, you know, the, the legacy and and just the character of, of this villain who we already knew to be evil and, and intimidating just from the very little we saw in, in, in the original series. And has since, you know, you know, has, has been elaborated on in, in a number of, you know, other movies now and and Mm. shows. And so I, I really, I thought that was a great surprise. And then I, I am ashamed that I didn't mention this as my first surprise, but who on earth would have pegged out of all the celebrities to show up in a star Wars show or series flee from the red hot chili peppers, playing some (laughs) sort of thief flying through space, uh, kidnapping princess Leia. I thought, I thought it was great. I mean, when he popped up, I'm like, that's flea. Yeah. Uh, And, and it was an odd one. Oh yeah. But, but I mean it, but odd, but made sense. I mean, he, he has, that look that kind of makes sense in that universe in a way. Right. So oh, yeah. I, Fleet I, I was, it can pl- totally pull off being looking like an alien. Oh, I mean, yeah. It, yeah. And it's, it partly just comes down to just like his, his overall energy. Um, I, Oh yeah. yeah. Actually I, so I looked up, I looked up Gillian Anderson's, uh, age. Like how old is flea flea, uh, 59 years old. Oh my gosh. Makes me feel like a complete chump. Like the, he's the still fa- 25. Oh my! Well, no, just the fact that like you see footage of him on stage, and that guy has more energy than any three people that I know. And the oh, fact yeah, that he's like yeah. pushing sixty kind of makes me feel like a schlub at this point. Like I, I need to, <laughs> I need to up my coffee intake or something, or do yoga. I don't know what it is. Like that dude's chakras are definitely aligned and wide maybe open. Yoga, uh, maybe. Bang bang. Um. Oh, no, wait a minute. <laughs> Now, the bang bang is, is Jack. Jack. Come on, man. Wasn't wasn't a wasn't DDP like? Didn't he have a? It wasn't bang part of his gimmick. DDP too? had a single bang. He, okay. he made the diamond shape in front of him, and then he did the whole bang. You know, brought it. Brought okay. It down well, you know, I mean, you're really you're gonna kill me over that? Like seriously? No, I'm, like I'm just I'm just saying. Okay, I know you're just saying, but I'm just saying too. I don't know what we're saying, but we're saying something. All right. Very so ornery are, tonight, mister. Is, is I am. Red and, five or, well, you know, or, or, part of it like, is. What exactly is it with you? Once again, I'm I'm ensconced in my uh, my home recording studio, a.k.a. the sun porch, and uh, <laughs> which means I'm sequestered <laughs> from the air conditioning portion of the house. And I'm pro- I'm progressively getting more swampy out here. So oh, I think dear. that's that's contributing to it. Oh gosh! By the end of this thing, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be such a grump. It's gonna be awesome. You're gonna be full on Grandpa Simpson at the end of this. Good oh boy. yeah, yeah, probably, probably. Oh, I'm I might I might even range into like late career George Carlin. So we'll have to bleep a lot of this. <laughs> oh dear! Watch out. All right, are we ready to are we ready to adjudicate? <sighs> I think so. Well, wow, that was an awful deep like. Sigh. Just, just trying to get myself in 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 the mood. Okay, there we go. I'm I'm I am now ready to adjudicate. Oh my gosh! All right, well, let's get are going you, here. Are you ready, sir? Because we got two bottles on the line. So I mean, there there is much <laughs> riding on this. I I haven't even gone down to see who who wins here. So I've I just opened up the spreadsheet for the very first time. 
let's do this thing. Let's let's see how uh, let's see if we can get through these and without a ton of uh, ballyhoo, shall we say? Without a ton of ballyhoo, we we will try our best. Are are you? Uh... Ready to go, sir. You buckled in. Yeah, I'm buckled in. I've got a serious case like swamp butt going here. Let's get let's get this thing rolling. <laughs> got sweat trickling down places I don't want it. The first section is no, I'm kidding. All right, our our, our first category here we call uh, in or out. This is where we we talk about who who will who will make an appearance, who will who will be a part of this series. Yes, this and, isn't the uh, Van Halen song. It's it's no, totally this different. Is this is not nothing to do with that. All right, here we go. Uh, our first rumor to kick off the Real or Jabroni Kenobi edition. Darth Maul will be in the series. That was a big old jabroni. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Uh, oh, and I should say we, we did have uh, selections made by our, by our junior division once again. Uh, so we have Kale and TJ and Jackson who have all submitted responses to this. Uh, so in our group, uh, Uncle Todd and I both had a jabroni on this, so plus plus two for us. Uh, you know, once again, our scoring is plus two for a. Or actually, I shouldn't say that plus one because it's plus two if we have an answer outright. It's plus one if we're tied, and it's correct. Yes. Uh, Kalen uh, also had jabroni. TJ had the real, and Jackson had jabroni. So I think we're all in line minus TJ on that one. So all no right. Darth Maul, unfortunately. As cool as that would have been. Uh, mm-hmm. Boba Fett will be in the series. That was a big old jabroni. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, uh, well, a few of us bought into that one. Uh, so we had uh, you and I both went the reel on this and uh, were woefully wrong. Uh, Kalen also went in on, on the reel. And then TJ and Jackson both had jabroni on this one. So mm-hmm. uh, so they they are rewarded for their doubting Boba Fett showing up in Kenobi. Not a boba, not a Django. Nope, not a fet to be found. Nope. Um, now this number three, this one made me smile. <laughs> and so it begins. Grand Moff Tarkin will be in the series. That was a big old jabroni. <laughs> yep. Yes, it was. The man they call Tim when jabroni, and Uncle Todd. Well, he wanted him some Moff Tarkin, and there was just none to be found. So, I did. I'm I'm totally in the bag from Moff Tarkin. You are. You are, especially when he's, you know, totally digitally regenerated from the grave. Uh <laughs> I was I was hoping they do him as a puppet. That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> like I was I was hoping they would actually have like oh. Jeff Dunham, like one of those puppets. <laughs> like obviously felt skin and every and everyone else is just playing it completely straight. Oh my gosh, that's too funny. Uh, the old ventriloquism act. Uh, yes. Let's do ventriloquist Tarkin. Here we go. <laughs> it's like a bit out of Monty Python. <laughs> I'm in. You t- you're telling me you wouldn't watch that? Seriously? <laughs> no, I, I think I would watch that. I could totally see it. Puppet Tarkin? Uh, I'd be all over that. Our junior division, uh, Kalen and Jackson were jabroni, and TJ was with you, sir, uh, as the real. So, unfortunately, there is no moth Tarkin. Nope. Uh, all right. Next one, uh, Dexter Jetster will be in the series. So this was an alien that was in Attack of the Clones who was running a diner who Kenobi went to uh, ask about a dart that was used, uh, shot at him but did not hit. And uh, kind of this is how he gets on the path to Camino, where the cloning facility is. Uh, we were thinking there might be a reunion of sorts as kind of a, a throwback. Uh, that was not the case. 
so that is, uh, again, a jabroni. Uh, mm-hmm. Uncle Todd and uh, the man they called him went the real on this one. Uh, Kalen and Jackson went the jabroni, so they get the points. Uh, TJ went the real. He does not. Next one. You were, were you heartbroken not to see Dexter Jetser? I honestly couldn't pick that guy out of that <laughs> being out of a lineup if you paid me right now. So, no, uh, I, I could not possibly care less. Uncle Todd and, and his swampiness is just like, who on earth is this guy? <laughs> yes, I am. I am turning into like I am turning into grandpa here like ah, that name. What is that? I don't understand. I don't understand anything. And I'm confused and sweaty. Uh, all right, young Ahsoka will be in the series in a flashback. Oh boy, we went one. we went in hard on that one. <laughs> oh, we all did. Uh, TJ, uh, he ended up uh, seeing the light and put a jabroni, but the rest of us yeah. were on this one, and it was a big old jabroni. Yep, not happening. No Ahsoka to be found. Um, next one. Young Leia will be in the series. Ding, 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 ding. Hey, we one. got our first reel. Got our first reel. Uh, shockingly, once again, folks, uh, these rumors have about a 90% failure rate, and uh, we're always surprised when one of them actually lands, but this one did, and and did in a major way. She was a, a cornerstone of the story being told here. Uh, so uh, most of us went the reel. Uh, Jackson went jabroni, so he does not get points. The rest of us do. Uh, and then I, I don't think this was a surprise to anyone, uh, because, uh, you know, Bail Organa seems to always find his way into Kenobi's business, uh, or at least he gets Kenobi involved in his business. <laughs> this was the case in the story. Uh, you're making but, it uh, sound he, a lot more untoward than it actually is. Like is <laughs> making it sound very kind of like, uh, oh, come on now. what sort of business are we talking about here? Like, you know. Bail, like, Business hey, of you know that his daughter. You know that Mandalorian. I heard she's uh, been getting around with one of the fets behind your back there. Uh... <laughs> Good lord! Well, wasn't that the Anywho. thing? Like, didn't didn't Kenobi have a thing for uh, uh, one of the Mandalorians? Yes. There, there is in the. I'm trying to think. Was it in Rebels? I thought it was in the Clone I Wars. The name of the character. She's going to appear in the Ahsoka series, though. Um, and I can't think of the name because. I'm getting it confused with, I think, a character from the Old Republic. But, oh, I think her name is, oh, Sabine Wren. Sabine Wren is going to be in the Young Ahsoka series. No, no, no. I don't think it was Sabine that it was a, it was Sabine's sister, I thought, or, or somewhat. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, oh, I yeah. Sabine was the sister of um, Bo-Katan, or no? No, no. I think Kenobi no, had the thing for Bo-Katan. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. No, you're Bo-Katan's right. Her sister, sister, yeah. So it was whoever Bo-Katan's sister was, she got killed. Yeah, it was Phyllis Katan. Uh, very, very <laughs> lovely, very lovely lady. Beautiful singing voice. Uh, uh, Her name was Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Alice Katan. <laughs> and, her, and her twin brother, Chris. We don't talk about him. He went on to be an actor, <laughs> disgraced the whole family. Doesn't even oh have one gosh. kill to his name, which is a terrible thing for a Mandalorian family to bear. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Uh, Bail Organa, though. My God, what is Chris Kattan up to these days? Like, he's just dropped off the face of the earth. It's like he was on SNL, Corky Romano, and then he, he was like the bad guy in uh, Undercover Brother. And then after that, nothing. Nothing. 
Like you would think he, you know what he's doing? He's actually working. He's working for Jimmy Fallon on the Tonight Show, but he's like he's sweeping up afterwards. That's basically his job is now. <laughs> he keeps pumping. Oh, hey, you think on. I think I can get on air one of these days? Yeah, maybe. He's probably a writer. Maybe I don't know. I could I could I mean, look it up right now, but I'm I'm so sweaty that I don't want to. I'm surprised you want to spend the time talking about Chris Kattan, given your situation. <laughs> I'm also getting your delirious. situation could concurrently be improved if we uh, move along. My my brain is starting to parboil inside my inside my skull, so anything's <laughs> possible now. I'll be hallucinating by the end of this thing. Oh my gosh! Anyways, uh, Bale Organa was in the series, uh, and how, and uh, we all went the real minus Jackson. He went the jabroni, so we get the points. Jackson does not. All right, next one. Uh, Obi Wan will commune with Qui Gon or Yoda. Yeah, they brought this uh, one right down a, to the wire, didn't they? Uh, basically, down to the last, I believe, twenty-five seconds of <laughs> yeah. episode six. Oh my goodness! I, I have this picture of Uncle Todd sitting at home in his recliner and just just leaping up at certain points during this episode, like yes, you know, like he's won the lottery or something. Oh like my that. gosh! I mean, after after being, you know, I mean, I was. The only thing that could have been worse if is if you know if we got a you know talk to me goose from Ewan at that point it was like it, what what's going on like is Qui Gon mm-hmm. just like, like new force goes who dis you know like what what's going on <laughs> like did he change his oh number on Kenobi like what happened oh well, and- yes that was nice to see it was it was very nice. It was. And and it kind of goes along with what I was saying, where it's this it's a story of restoration because you know it was kind of funny. He's like, I've been here, I've been waiting. Yeah, <laughs> where, where you been for the last decade, sir? It would, it would have been know, great as like, as they're walking off into this. Is like, there's much to talk about. I have a particular set of skills oh, I want to share with you. That would have been funny. Just that draw would. it all together. Draw it all together. A little too meta, though, for the plus. A little too meta. Well, the entire group, the junior division and us, went the real. Uh, so uh, we all get the points on this one. Obi-Wan did commune with Qui-Gon. Uh, it was, it was uh, I, I shouldn't say refreshing, but it was interesting that Yoda didn't get worked into it being the other high-profile uh, Jedi. However, uh, as they kind of told the story, and, and it was very telling in the first episode when that, that young, you know, uh, force user found, or, or he must have been a Jedi because he knew who Kenobi was, but found him and, and Kenobi was just kind of pretending like he didn't know him um, mm. and sort of thing. And, and and really getting a sense of, you know, there's a real inherent danger, um, you know, with, with their, you know, revealing themselves or trying to work together. Um, I did really like the Inquisitors in, in episode one, two, kind of talking about, you know, the, and, and this was in the trailer, you know, the, the Jedi kind of hunt themselves because they can't help themselves, but to help others mm. and, and just making it sound like this, this tremendous weakness of theirs, um, I thought was kind of interesting. Um, and, and you saw Obi-Wan practicing it, you know, just not, not helping this guy. And then he ends up, you know, I, I'm not quite entirely sure what happened there. I know they were trying to probably not make it look so, so violent or vicious, uh, when the guy's, you know, hanging there, but, he he wasn't exactly hung, but he he was he was hanging there somehow. It was like a oh yeah, torso. they that was kind of weird. Yeah, they they strung him up. Uh, you know, yeah. it was yeah. So, all right, and now oh here we go. Uh, we will see a womp rat on the sands of Tatooine. Now here uh, I have an issue. So, 
Well, you can have an issue. I have plenty of links I can send you that will refute your issue, but go ahead. Here's the thing. I've, I've, I have had Patrick on the case for this for the past three weeks, uh, going frame by frame, if you will, <laughs> through all the shows. Because let's face it, he's he doesn't do much anyways, except set random fires that I'm not even sure how he does that. I even took away I even took away the magnifying glass that he had. Um, I'm not sure why he had a magnifying glass, but I took it away anyways because he was burning a hole in the carpet. Which I should probably be thankful for because he was, he was he was at least burning this really gnarly stain. Um, of course, it was a stain that he had caused by spilling grape juice like six months ago and then moving a chair over the top of it. Uh, and not telling me, and I kept asking what the smell was, and then finally I moved the chair, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure what that was anymore. Um, but I was happy when he he burned it because I think he might have killed it. Either that, or he's evolved it to its next step in its in its life cycle. One or the other. Anyways, so I had Patrick going through this frame by frame, studying this. And according to him, there was your argumentation lies with Patrick. (laughs) Hey, listen, I didn't say it was a great argument. I'm just saying it's an argument. Um, He he said that he had he had identified several potential womp rats. And that he had uh, he had he had also located uh, a a crypto Star Wars cryptozoologist. A wonderful person who goes by the, the username uh windu mofo 69 um so he he's been chatting back and forth with uh with windu mofo 69 and believes they have a lot of evidence uh they they have not been able to quite get through all of it but uh windu mofo 69 is willing to stake their reputation on it so I'm feeling pretty good about that. I, uh, so what I'm trying to say is I believe that we need to skip this question and, and take it out of the equation for, for the moment until we are able to further establish evidence. Uh, I, I, I kind of disagree on that one, my friend. Well, I know you do because you, you've, you had it down as a jabroni and, and you're saying that you know there were no womp rats. And what I'm saying is that I don't believe you looked at all the available evidence. I did look at all the available evidence, and it is not a womp rat. You don't even know what I'm talking about. I didn't state well, I, exactly when there was a womp I rat. I can look online and see that it was not a womp rat. I might not be talking about that particular creature. Well, what are you talking about? Well, that's the thing. I need to gather more evidence. Well, we're we're adjudicating tonight, sir. So uh, we're going to make a, a call on this one. And so am I? Problem. Am I overruled? Is that is that what we're doing here? I think we need to. I mean, there was no womp rat. I you will be hearing from my attorneys, okay. Chucky and Morgan, at law. <laughs> Retainer. They'll they'll be in touch in a couple days. It's been a, it was a real long weekend, so they need a couple days to kind of get themselves in order. Do I just need to produce you know two hundred dollars out of my back pocket to make everything go away? Is that how this works? Well, I mean, concurrently, your position would be enhanced. Let's just say. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, with all that uh, tomfoolery and ballyhoo, uh, we have uh, the man they call Tim and Kalen Wenjabroni. 
uh, we get the points. Uh, this is a jabroni and uh, Uncle Todd, TJ and Jackson went the real. Uh, there were no womp rats. Uh, there were little creatures running around, but those are not the womp rats. Uh, so we uh, perhaps we they're baby womp rats. Oh my god, they're not baby womp rats. They could be. Oh, they're ugly little suckers just scurrying around the sentence of Tatooine. <laughs> By the way, real quick, started watching Disney galleries for Book of Boba Fett. There was, I'll have to send you the, the timestamp uh, in, in the middle of it, but there's a part where, where Tamura Morrison is, uh, you know, he's talking about how, you know, some aspect of, of not coming up with the character of Boba Fett because it was already established to some degree, but just, you know, now that we're, now that he's talking more and, you know, we're delving more into him in, in that series, uh, you know, drawing from, you know, aspects of his past and, the way he talks about certain elements of the the culture he's pulling from, he, you can just listen to that man talk for hours. He he just oh, has yeah. a way when he talks that is just so engaging and so fun to listen to. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> I channel the the energy of 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 something like like the Raka or something like. I mean, it was just it, I mean, just so earnest and so sincere oh, yeah. in the way he's talking about this stuff was, just, and it was just so interesting to listen to. Um, just love it. Just love oh yeah, it. sit down at a table with a, with that guy and a couple pints. I'm good for about five six hours. Just yeah, yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me oh, more. <laughs> Can you? T- I'd be I'd be literally like my hands up on the table, like a chin in my hands. Is like, tell me more, Tamora. <laughs> tell me another story. This one time, yeah. I was on the sense of Tatooine. I was gonna say like Obi Wan's line, right? Is that hello there? And it's like his is the sense of Tatooine. Yes, definitely. That's his catchphrase. Very nice. Indeed. Oh, uh, our next one. Uh, our next one is clones. Uh, Rex or Cody will be in the series. So the <laughs> idea being that Kenobi would bump in. Now, what was interesting was, I believe it was in episode two that he comes across in and uh, when he's in, um, what is that t- city called? De- De- Deya? Um, the the city he travels to where he recovers yeah. Leia, yeah, yeah, Demo or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or am I thinking of what Boba Fett's name is? Yeah, I don't know. Name. I know what you're talking about. Anyways, um, there is a a, and it was interesting. There there's a clone trooper who you know a, a veteran of the Clone Wars who is uh, destitute and begging for for money or food. Um, it was not Rex or Cody though. But it, it was Tamir Morrison playing a, a down on his luck uh, post-war clone uh, who was uh, trying to make make his way through this galaxy. Yeah, and if there's you need one more reason to dis to dislike the Empire. I mean, just their veterans program sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Granted, I mean, I don't think they have to worry about that problem too many times, seeing as how many mm-hmm. stormtroopers get taken out by like a, one rebel with a blaster. Uh, <laughs> They they don't seem to have to have that many uh, issues with that. So maybe that's the problem. They're they're just totally unprepared for that contingency. Indeed. Indeed. So that was a big old jabroni. Uh, Uncle Todd and I went the real. Uh, Kaylin went the Actually, all of us uh, men went the real. And our our female contestant went wisely went jabroni. And so Mm -hmm. she didn't get the points. Just once again, proving that, uh, that women mature faster than men, even when the men are in their 40s. Indeed. And and the woman is in her teens. So. 
So this one was going to be interesting. This one came down to the wire as well, because while we hear Aunt Baru's voice in episode one, we do not see her. And so I was getting my Mm. own uh, team of lawyers set up for this one. But uh, unfortunately, in episode six, we have a full on sighting of Aunt Baru and Aunt Baru is a Aunt badass Baru wielding a rifle <laughs> oh yeah Aunt Baru's she, packing like she's the one who brings out the yeah. brings out the the the, uh, the the heavy lumber there like here yeah, take this gun owen and owen's like uh <laughs> Aunt Baru's ready to start something i'm like all right <laughs> yes and uh so we did get on Baru in this series uh so uh i went so this is a a this is the real i went jabroni uh, Uncle Todd, Kalen, and TJ went the real, and Jackson went jabroni on this. So I went from having a one-point uh, advantage, sir, to now we are back to par between the two of us. So We have par. Okay, this is this is going to be right interesting. We All have right. another tie, and we'll have to go triple or nothing. But anyways. Oh, can't take it. Number 12, the Emperor will be in the series. Well, that is a big old reel. We saw him uh, also down to the wire. Yes. Um, and kind of in a very interesting, I, I wanted to, to get your thoughts on this, in an interesting back and forth with Vader, because, you know, Vader ends the conversation saying Obi-Wan means nothing to me, yet he starts the conversation talking about how there's probes everywhere and we're not going to stop until we find him. And it sounds an awful lot like uh, he he's, in his first line, the Emperor's like, you sound agitated, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. It's just phenomenal. What was your what was your uh, your first hint there, Palpy? The fact that he's got drones searching everywhere in the galaxy, and that he you know he's ready to turn the whole place upside down, looking for this one dude who happened to you know like chop off his legs. You know, yeah. Well, I can't imagine why his mood would be uh you know elevated, shall we say? <laughs> yes, yes. That's totally that's but, totally Palpatine like trolling Vader, <laughs> right there. Yeah. Oh yeah, and. What was so interesting was the passive aggressive nature of the emperor and and how we get this in, in that very short scene, we we get this sense of and, and of course, the imperial theme finally, you know, finally arrives in, in the series, um, mainly, you know, I, I don't know if it was just the way they were just trying to tell the story and the dynamic, but just that he is now kind of disconnecting himself from his past um, and, and is, you know, full on, you know, subservient to the emperor. But um it's interesting how he ends up in kind of his own cage, you know, like, like it's the old smashing pumpkin song, right? Despite all my rage, I'm, I'm just a rat in a cage sort of thing. And he, he is subservient to the emperor and he has to, you know, he, he, he knows when the emperor tells him if he can't overcome his past and he just kind of stops for a minute and, and you see Vader kind of, I've watched this clip a couple of times. You see him kind of sit upright. He's like, he means nothing to me. You know, like, it's just like he's come to this sort of I'm leaving it all behind sort of thing. And and that could also explain why he never really ever makes his way back to Tatooine either, that he's just kind of leaving his past behind and and is solely dedicated to his you know role moving forward as the underling of the emperor. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm taught where I was. Uh, moments like that are kind of where I'm getting at when I, I talk about I don't feel the story was was first was front uh was foremost because a lot of that was just comes down to like well this is the way it has to end you know that sort of thing and it's like no like 
you mean to tell me like really like and I get it like the, that's the dynamic with the emperor and with Vader and that's kind of the way that it has to be because that's the direction we're heading but it's like just that one moment like really that's it like mm-hmm. you could have explained well, that I feel like you could have done something interesting to get there rather than have it just be that that one moment because it it defies everything that you've seen from Vader through this series. I think it's two moments, actually. Okay, what well, that was the other one? The other moment is, and, and I have a note on this, that one of the consistent themes, and and, and it, it, it wasn't obvious and it wasn't like emphasized, but this is just, this is my interpretation of, of, of what I saw. I feel like that conversation at the end with Kenobi and Vader, I think when Vader tells him that he, you know, that that Anakin was not his failure that that he killed Anakin. I feel like that was Anakin's way of trying to stick it to 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 you know to Kenobi to to basically tell him you don't have this power over me. I I'm the one who did this. I killed him. Well, you yeah, no, him. and I and I and I and, I, I appreciate well, that moment. Yeah. No, no, right, right. But what I'm saying is it in that moment he's trying to use an aggressive tactic to hurt someone who he can see still cares about Anakin. And when, when I say it's a consistent theme, I mean, there's this consistency in star Wars where aggression and, and power are exerted. And yet it ends up making the person who's supposed to be on the receiving end of it. It ends up making them stronger, not weaker. You know what I mean? Vader strikes out at, at Kenobi and kills him thinking that, okay, I've killed the old man. I'm done with him. It makes Kenobi more powerful in a new hope and be able to reach Luke in a way that he couldn't if he was still alive. Here, he tries to, you know, defang Kenobi from from thinking he has anything to do with his fall because he, you know, probably in some sense of just not wanting to have, not wanting to feel like that's over his head and, and that he's in control. Instead, what he does is he inadvertently frees Kenobi from the guilt and everything that he was feeling because now Kenobi's at a point of, Anakin's dead no more and honestly the best line I feel from that episode was when he turned and he just said goodbye and he just said Darth and just walked away I mean that was mercy but that was also pity you know what I mean like this was like you are so beneath me sort of thing and I'm just I'm done and just walking away from him yeah no and and I I, to me just so very typical of what they kind of tell you know the theming that they kind of do through the series with with power and aggression and how it, it, it sometimes gets flipped on its head by, by the good guys. Totally. And I, I, I think you bring up some great points there and I, I won't bother to rehash them because I think you made them great. Uh, I, what I'm saying is that that moment with the emperor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that if you're, if you're going to do that, you have to find another way to do it other than just this guy who has been this, you know, this fierce rage machine all of a sudden just, Oh, and let me, turn all that off in this one moment like Mm -hmm. that's the thing that's like it it felt like oh wait we have to get vader to this spot yeah because we're obviously we're not going to make another series and this is kind of the last word between here and here Mm -hmm. if it felt a little just tacked on and and I would have I, I would have liked to have seen yeah. like okay some sort of prog some sort of steps towards that instead of just oh and now he's a lapdog yeah 
and I get like maybe I get that 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 Palpatine is in a is in a way threatening him. I get that undercurrent. I again, I would have liked to have seen a, and it doesn't it doesn't have to be huge. I would have liked to have seen something in between there. I would have liked to have mm-hmm. seen a little bit of build, a little bit of sure. exploration yeah. there to get you to yeah. that point where 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 Vader turns and he's like, ah, yes, I need to, I need to sit up when he says sit up. I need to roll over when he says roll over something there, like even having like one of the inquisitors or or having some sort of explanation of like, you know, Reva was under directions of Palpatine or, you know, whatever, you know, to, to, to let, to let him know, like, Hey, I can get to you. Like I can get another apprentice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I would have liked to have seen something there instead of it just turn on that moment. That was that's the part where it just didn't ring true to me. Yeah. It's my nit to pick, well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, and 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 I totally get it. I mean, I I I feel at the end though both Kenobi and Invader are kind of fully formed in terms of how we know them at in, in a new hope, but I agree that you know, to do it in that one moment instead of having it build to there. I, I, I mean, the one thing I will say is I don't think the rage goes away. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm going to refer to like, you know, EU and, and some of the other, you know, animated series and so forth. I mean, Vader's still a pretty aggressive rage beast. It's just, it's channeled in a different way. It's not, you know, in this series, he was very focused on Kenobi. Um, you know, if we go to like the Thrawn trilogy and stuff, I mean, Vader in those books did a number on a lot of different species. Now, of course, that's not germane to, to the series because the series is what it is. But but I'm just saying, like, you know, as a fan, given my kind of background and what I have read, and I haven't read everything, but of what I have read, you know, I think I think the I think Vader channels the rage that's caused by this in a in, in a very different way. Like he's not hunting Kenobi, but everyone he comes across ends up paying for it in some in some way, you know, because I think over time he's just he's just always exerting rage based on his situation. Exactly. And that's why I would have liked to have seen. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen a little more information like, okay, why does this guy continue to have that firm of a grip on his leash? Like, I know that he, he is the one who turned him to the dark side. I know he's the one who, you know, gave him his Lieutenant Dan magic legs and all the, you know, his, his, his samurai suit and all that. I know that, but what is it? that keeps that leash that tight. That's what I was missing. I was missing something that kind of bridged that. And I would have liked to have seen that because I think it could have helped to inform both characters, could have informed more of the Emperor and more of Darth Vader and and really kind of made it more believable that if you do, if you, if you expand into other areas and we do see Darth Vader in other instances that do flesh out some of that that information from the from the EU books and stuff like that that yeah that the, everyone is paying for this everyone is paying for the fact that he he's he has said that he is not going to go after Kenobi and that he's keeping all this stuff inside of him mm. but you still have to explain like okay but why doesn't he just take out the old fart mm. and then he can do whatever the hell he wants yeah i i really felt like there again it doesn't have to be a huge thing doesn't have to be its own limited series but i think that you could have mm. found a way to at least flesh that out a little bit more so it makes a little more sense right, right. and that's I, I think that's in a way i think that's probably one of the one of the bigger missed opportunities yeah agreed. the more i the more i look at it agreed anyways now that we've talked like 20 minutes about this one question 
We so, gotta get a few uh, more. The Emperor, uh, the real, he showed up. Um, all of us, but uh, TJ put the real on this. He put Jabroni, so points to us. Uh, next one, the Death Star will be a setting in the series. Um, I'm actually kind of happy this this did not come up at all. Um, and, and there wasn't really even a hint at it, and, and there shouldn't have been, because I think Rogue One covers that and 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 takes care of it so uh there there was no uh death star that is a big old jabroni of course uncle todd and the man they called him went the real on this one uh and our junior division uh kaylin jackson went the real and tj went the jabroni so he gets the points um and and you know honestly i mean as cool as it, that's definitely one of those fan service things as as interesting or as cool as it would have been to see it 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 really didn't have a place in this story. I mean, no, we've still... seen enough Death Stars and and like yeah. Planet Killers. I mean, you got Death Star One, Death Star Two, Star Killer Base. I mean, okay, we've we've done it. We've done it to death, along with an entire movie like centering on like the Death Star backstory. You yeah. know. And our last in or out, because yes, we've been in this section for the last thirty minutes or so. Uh, Grogu will be in the series. Uh, there was a. Uh, in, in a flashback during Book of Boba Fett, we see that Grogu um, is hinted at was was there for the Order 66 massacre in the Jedi Temple. And so the thought being that maybe we get a viewing of, of him in, in his, uh, you know, during that time um, or somehow crossing paths with Kenobi. But uh, no, he was not in the series. So that is a big old jabroni. And uh, and actually, the five of us uh, all kept our, our heads about us and went jabroni on this as well. Not Don't need to see Grogu and Kenobi. Thank you very much. A united front. Indeed. All right. So we move from in or out to, ooh, wee, what's up with that? What's up with that? All right. So I can't tell if I'm dancing about- or just sliding around because I'm like damp from sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little of both. You hear any odd sounds in the background? It's probably Uncle Todd just like moving to the left or the right, just a smidge, and just hearing that 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 you know, like leather. You know, and you have the sweaty shorts on leather thing going on. Oh so. no, it's not a leather couch. This is a this is a fabric couch. It's going to need to get like a, a upholstery cleaner in here after this. Fumigated. Could have a big old sweat stain on it. Oh, good lord. Oh, all right. Here we go. Uh, so these will have uh, something to do with with the story here and what's going to happen. So our first, what's up with that? Obi Wan leaves Tatooine to help an endangered young Leia. Oh, <laughs> ding, ding, ding! Yeah, uh, right off the bat, big old reel on this one. So uh, the man they called him, Uncle Todd, uh, had the reel on this. Kalen had the reel, uh, and Jackson had the reel. So and TJ had Jabroni. So. The reels have it. Uh, Obi-Wan does, in fact, leave to help Leia. Uh, next one. Uh, this is where we get a little bit off course. Uh, young Leia begins <laughs> off tapping course? into the force. the hell you What's say? There? No, never. Uh, young Leia begins tapping into the force, unknowingly drawing the Inquisitors to her. That's a big old jabroni. That had yeah. nothing to do with the story. Uh, but uh, Uncle Todd and I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. Kaylin mm-hmm. uh, uh, also put the reel for this, and then TJ and Jackson uh, put the jabroni. So that was not the case, and they got some points for it. Wise young uh, gentleman. Yes. Next one: the Inquisitors are hunting down all remaining Jedi. So I know in the story, uh, the Inquisitors that we see are very focused on Kenobi, but that is kind of their purpose in life is to hunt down the Jedi. So that is the reel. 
Uh, and we, oh, across the board, United Front mm-hmm. once again, sir. Uh, all five of us put the reel on this one. Hmm. I guess some of that might have been already established, though, from what we saw in Rebels, right? I mean, isn't that what they were about during that series? Well, yeah, but I mean, it wouldn't. It, it. I think the the way we were focusing on this is that in this in the in the context of this series, they are only hunting Kenobi. Like they're not. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see them out hunting this Jedi and that Jedi and that. And you know, we were one Jedi away, Jedi away from that being the case. Um, Correct. Correct. But they did demonstrate that they are out to get all the Jedi. Although this one in particular. Yes. Our next one. Uh, the Inquisitors are hunting only Kenobi. Um, I put this as Jabroni because of number 17. So yes. they are going after Kenobi in the series, but that is not their sole purpose. Um, they He happens to be the target du jour uh, as we uh, are introduced to them. And so um, I put Jabroni for this and all five of us uh, put jabroni wow we, we went all five the real and 17 and all jabroni on 18 i guess it makes sense right yep. you pick one you got to pick the other so well done uh, to us little barry horowitz Pat the back. Five. uh and then uh our next one uh for what's up with that boba fett Oof. is hired to hunt down kenobi oh boy big old bubba jabroni on that one. Oh yeah Oh yeah, that would, not even close. Not even close. You and I were bought into the Boba Fett stuff, though. Yeah, At least we went down together on that one. So, oh my gosh, I don't. I'm, I, I must have been heavily medicated or something. <laughs> I think I talked you into it is more what it was than anything else. Probably. It's like, wouldn't it be cool? Yeah, man. All right. Pretty uh, much. Kaylin also went the real on this one, and then Jack and TJ went jabroni. Um, so points to them for that. Uh, number 20, Kenobi wipes out the Inquisitors. That is a big old jabroni. I, mm-hmm. He runs across him, but it's really uh, just him and Reva more than anything else. And uh, not not really a situation where anyone gets wiped out or anything. Uh, oh. Uh, so, no. And don't um, wipe out nobody in this thing, really. No. I mean, some stormtroopers, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, so this one is interesting. So I went the real, uh, uncle Todd went the jabroni on this one. So now it is plus one in his favor for the two bottles of bourbon. Oh, is that what the score uh, is at this point? Yeah. Well, I'm just doing a differential right now. So we oh, were at par, okay. uh, because we, we both picked the same, uh, uh, same choices, you know, across the board. Uh, this is the first difference I think in several questions and, uh, we're at zero. Now we're at plus one for you, sir. Uh, the junior division went all jabroni on this one. Uh, they weren't going to be fooled. So points to them, uh, for correctly predicting that. All right. Our next one, Vader has Kenobi defeated, but can't bring himself to kill him. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Myers shows no mercy and neither does Vader. That is a big old jabroni. Um, didn't even happen. Uh, although, he was close, but uh, oh yeah, yeah. The, he was uh, close. The tire fire there in the in the space <laughs> junkyard. Yeah, <laughs> I I still say that was oh, that that was so cool seeing him like that though. Just just stalking, just stalking him. It's like mm-hmm. wait, wait, he was over there. No, he's over there now. All right, uh, let's see. You and I both had jabroni on this. Kalen, TJ had jabroni. Jackson went the real. Uh, so the jabronis have it. Uh, ah. And now I think we, we come back to par, ladies and gentlemen. Kenobi has Vader defeated, but has mercy and leaves him. 
Uh, I'm putting the real on this one. Uh, Kenobi shows a little yeah. moxie there in taking the butt of the lightsaber and just bashing, bashing the chest piece on, on Vader and getting oh, him yeah. to get into wheezy mode. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, at that point, all all Kenobi would have had to do is like breathe on him, and and Darth Vader would have been, and it yeah. would have been done. I mean, yeah, he had about as, he had about dead to rights as you could possibly uh, get, and had mercy. And he did have mercy. He did have mercy. And I want I want my answer to I want people to understand I wasn't expecting Obi-Wan Kenobi to to take out Darth Vader. I just didn't think it was going to get to a confrontation where that was going to be the outcome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and I think that was the hardest thing for us to kind of reason through is, you know, again, having no point of reference for what they were going to do in the series. They they were building this up as, you know, the rematch of the century sort of thing. Like, you know, we're we're talking like, you know, Muhammad Ali and George Foreman here or whatever. The but, thriller in Manila. Indeed. But I, you know, it, it, it was really difficult to kind of predict like how they like, like I think what we mentioned in our episode in our, our picks episode was just how it's kind of like it, it's almost like a wrestling match that's hard to predict who the winner could be, because, you know, if it, if it's if it's, you know, the, the the red hot baby face champion sort of thing and and he's going up against, you know, the strong heel, like, like who goes over, you know what I mean? You can see both possibilities and, and, and you can kind of reason it out both ways. And, uh, this well, even more so because... than that, it's like, if you, if you know, like, oh, and you know that this person's already booked for this match a month later. Mm-hmm. As, oh, right. Right. As yeah, like yeah. champion, it's like, well, yeah, they've got to keep the belt, but how do you get out of this and how do you have it believable? Right. You know? It's a kind of yep. thing that would give give Uncle Corny fits, quite honestly. Oh, indeed, and Uncle Corny has enough fits as it is. Uh, oh. Yeah, entertaining as they are, they they are fits nonetheless. Indeed. Uh, so this is the real Uncle Tim. Uncle Tim, God Lord, the man they call Tim went the real Uncle Todd went jabroni on this one. So it is back to zero differential between us. We're tied for the two bottles of bourbon. Uh, Kaylin went uh, the real, so she gets uh, the full points, and uh, TJ and Jackson went jabroni on this one. So we move on. Uh, another potential outcome: Kenobi fakes his death, leaving Vader to believe his teacher is finally dead. Now I could see this one, and mm. four out of the five of us could see this one as well. Oh yeah, bought in heavy on this one. Indeed. Well, and and you know, thinking about where A New Hope is and how Vader talks about him in A New Hope you get the sense that he didn't really think he was alive or anything, you know? Yep. And, and so it, this one was, was, I felt a reasonable rumor, um, you know, just not quite sure how they were going to execute it, but unfortunately it is jabroni. So uh, all of us uh, except for Jackson put the real. And so Jackson gets the full points for that one. So jabroni on that for uh, Kenobi faking his death. Uh, and, you know, it wouldn't be a rumor if we didn't once again surface the little guy, Grogu. Yep. Uh, Grogu's rescue from the Inquisitors will be shown. So the implication here is that we get some sort of continuity of his flashback and we see uh, from the Order 66 massacre that, you know, he is being rescued from the uh, the Inquisitors, which I guess makes zero sense because the Inquisitors, I don't think, were around when Order 66 was going on. I think this was just a clone-only uh, you know, massacre that was carried out. Uh, yeah. So this is a big old jabroni. And um, the the Council of Five, uh, Uncle Todd, man they called him in the Junior Division, uh, also ruled jabroni on this as well. Mm. No Grogu in this series. Thank you very much. Uh, there will be a flashback to Anakin and Kenobi during the Clone Wars. 
Ding, ding. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. And the Council of Five ruled the real, and we were rewarded for our, our faith. So, Yep. <laughs> so, uh, and with that, uh, that wraps up the ooh-wee, what's up with that section. Uh, so there we go, ladies and gentlemen. And now we come to the final section. Uh, we're still at par. We have, uh, let's see, one, two, we have six more to adjudicate here uh, in a section we call When the Man Comes Around talking a little bit about the ending of this series, how things will wrap up. Mm -hmm. uh, so our first one in this section, we will see how Kenobi gets the name old Ben. Um, yep. I kind of put and, jabroni cause he's, and we did ben, because but... we just find out that it was just from a box of intergalactic rice. That's <laughs> I'm uncle Ben. Never saw uh, that one coming quite honestly. Yes. Yes. Now, uh, or maybe it was an intergalactic not... like space bear that that he encountered. You know, like <laughs> Gentle Ben, Grizzly Adams. I, my God, I'm dating myself so much. Never mind. Uh, Never our mind. Our listeners are saying Grizzly who? <laughs> oh, great. He's going senile while he's on air. That's great. Oh my gosh. So uh, we do not. Uh, we hear him called Ben. We do not ever hear an old Ben. So that is a jabroni. Uh, in this case, uh, the Council of Five all went the real on this one, and we were wrong. Yes. Wrong. Next one. Uh, and this warms my heart. Kenobi and young Luke will interact. Well, hello there. <laughs> uh, and again, like, uh, like approximately a minute left to go in the show. Oh my gosh. Like, right yeah, literally, the wire. this comes down to the wire. Wow. Man. Very and cool. I mean, the thing is, like, do, do you even, do you necessarily even call it an interaction? Because it really is just Obi Wan, like, hello there. And that's it. Like, they, like, he walks over to him. You don't even know if, like, Luke says anything back to him, like, even knows who the hell he is. Nothing. I mean, it's, it's like the absolute bare minimum that you would have mm -hmm. to qualify as an interaction like they are in proximity and one of them speaks in the general direction of the other like ben could have been talking to one of the, like the droids that was behind luke you know it was like it was that generic <laughs> i think luke looked up at him i i think i saw that i know but it's like he, he literally could have been talking to anything in his field of vision because it didn't really apply to it, it didn't really even have anything to do with luke <laughs> Not really. <laughs> it is it is literally the bare minimum required to call it, it an interaction. It is. But Uncle Todd went jabroni. It is I the did. real. Man they called him went real. Uh Kaylin went jabroni as well. Oh, this is this is oh, this is on family lines. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, this cuts deep. I'm this is on family lines, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Kaylin just followed me on that one and I I apologize in advance. I'm I'm a horrible father. I led her astray oh, down the good lord down the path of idiocy. But oh well. Oh, all right. Our next one. I put she's she's about he's just like twice my IQ. So she's going to be just <laughs> fine, ladies and gentlemen. She'll, let me assure you. Great. She'll be doing great. All right. Our next one. Uh, Vader. Actually, we'll start did I tell you? Did I tell you? So as a freshman in high school, she asked us uh, a few months ago, like, you know, hey, what's a valedictorian? And I had all I could do to say, well, neither of your parents really ever had to worry about that question, dear. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's oh, put it this God. way. We were in the, we were in the portion of the class that helped make the valedictorian possible. 
um, we were the we were the we were the part of the pyramid that they were standing on top of. Uh, so I like to feel like I, I feel like I had something to do with the process, just not that much. And, uh, and never had to really worry about giving a speech at my graduation, but here, let's look that up online. Sure. Sure. <laughs> cause, cause she actually has, has that to think about. Uh, that was never my concern. Oh, well. Oh, it's good stuff. The only, the only Latin they said after my name at graduation was something that went somewhere along the lines of, don't let the door hit you. <laughs> Goeth. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember hearing that out after anyone else's name. Yep, you're right. Oh, okay. That's great. See, I mean, I'm, I, I'm special. Something like that. Something oh, like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Our... Uh... Our, our next one, uh, I put a question mark next to it because I was curious of your thoughts on this one. Vader will start the series fueled by anger and rage, but at the end will no longer be driven by emotion. No, I mean, that's jabroni. Like, it's just, yeah. it's dialed down, but there is, like, Vader is still an emotional individual. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, just, we, it's we, gone we from a 12 ad, down to like a 9.5. <laughs> yeah. 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 We talked ad nauseum about this earlier when we were discussing the emperor, but yeah, he, he's, he's still, he's the rat in the cage with all his rage, baby. All right. Uh, you're you very, and I went like, the real Billy, Billy Corgan sort of mood, aren't you? You're like, are you going like yeah. full emo on me? No. Happened to hear the song yesterday though. Oh, I was going to say, is it like, the, is it a hair thing too? Like that's, you're going to be a new yeah. style. Just going to go clean. Well, <laughs> No, well, not exactly. I mean, I've already got the bald thing going. So, well, yeah, but I'm talking like just go like absolutely like Mr. Clean, like Kojak, oh. aerodynamic. Never, never. No, nah, I don't think so. Huh? Maybe one day. Retirement. Retirement. Uh, That's gonna be your gift to yourself. <laughs> I'm shaving my head, <laughs> and, and your wife's like, and I married this moron. Oh my god! Oh, good lord. I thought we were All going right. to Tahiti, not the barber shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Um, let's see what else happened here with the junior division. So you and I both went the real on this one. Kalen went the real, uh, and uh, TJ and Jackson went Jabroni, so they get mm-hmm. points. Uh, this was Jabroni. Uh, oh, <laughs> this is funny. To, this is a funny one to read. Yeah. Off the interwebs, ladies and gentlemen, Kenobi's, you, Kenobi uses a life-draining force power to protect young Luke or young Leia, resulting in him aging luckily. Oh, sorry, not luckily. The mouse was over the word. Quickly in the nine years that follow before A New Hope. I'm going to just go on the record and say, if the rumor is greater than 12 words, I'm thinking it's a jabroni. Yes, it is bantha fodder. Oh, good lord! On the sands of Tatooine. Yeah, no, it's um, just a plot hole, ladies and gentlemen. That's all it is. Oh. It's just a plot hole. One you could drive a land speeder through, but a plot hole nonetheless. Indeed, uh, big old jabroni. And uh, let's see, you and I were both jabroni on this. Uh, Kalen was jabroni on this. Jackson was jabroni on this. TJ went the real. Um, so he he was hoping to see that, but. Unfortunately, it was not to be. Um, Actually, I'm curious. So I just looked up. So Mew McGregor. Um, actually, no. What's his age now? Mew um, McGregor is 51 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we look at uh, not Alec Baldwin, Alec Guinness, you heathen computer, uh, age in A New Hope. 
Um, uh, he was 58 years old when he was uh, when he was starring in A New Hope. Wow. Because once again, it's one of those things. I was, I was going to make a joke like, well, people just age differently in the 70s. And yep, it's true. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. yesterday, yesterday's 58. Now to us looks like 143. Uh, <laughs> yes. yes, yes. Wow. That's kind of crazy. I didn't know that. Anyways, carry on, sir. Um, actually, I have to make a correction here. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, and, and it's, sorry, it's not in your favor. Um, as you were talking, I was going back and looking at the, at the points and, uh, how they were all laying out. Um, we actually had two differences in the inner out section. We had the Grand Moff Tarkin one, which, uh, uh-huh. which I had. And then we also had the Womp Rat one. So I'm actually at a plus two right now. Okay. So sorry about that. I, I made a mistake and forgot that uh, I, I didn't notate. We, we went long on the Womp Rat. Um, you, you put together a very, uh, you know, very strong argument. Um, Not strong enough, apparently. That was broken down. But uh, sorry about that. So, so we're at a plus two differential right now. Um, all right. Uh, where are we? Kenobi used the live stream. Yeah, so that was Jabroni. Uh, Jabroni Cross. Okay, so the next, second to last one, Kenobi starts the series cut off from the Force but is reconnected when forced to fight Vader. So I put a question mark. Would you call this the real? I don't think he's cut off from the Force. I, I, I just... Okay. I think that it was just he... I don't think it was like Luke where he... Mm-hmm. He had done that. I think that he just was not it was something different. Like he didn't cut himself off in the force. He just was not utilizing any of that. Yeah. Any of the power, which maybe gotcha. it's, maybe it's kind of the same thing, but it, to me it was, a, it seemed like a difference. Okay. Um, I don't know. So I we'll called jabroni on that one. Sure. I, what sounds as good as the real, I mean, either one, I yeah. think a case yeah. can be made for both because they didn't explicitly state it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But when you think about it, you know, he, when he started, well, when he saved Leia, right, he wasn't fighting Vader. And that was the first time he really started using the force was when she fell off that building. And he, I mean, he was struggling, but he saved her with it. Well, yeah. And that's why to me, it wasn't so much that he had cut himself off from the force. It's just that he, he had not utilized any of those Jedi powers. He hadn't flexed those muscles in so long Mm. That it was like an atrophy sort of thing instead of like yeah. when Luke cut himself from off in the force, it seemed like when it came back, like he was still powerful enough that he could like force project himself across the galaxy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas, you know, that's that's kind of the justification I'm using. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. Yeah. All right, so it's Jabroni. So you and I had Jabroni on this. Uh, TJ had Jabroni and then Kalen and Jackson had the real. Uh, so TJ gets the points for that one. And then, uh, our last Ooh. one, uh, Kenobi will use the force to blind Leah from her force abilities as a means of protecting her. That was a big old jabroni. Um, Talk about going out on a wet fart. Let me tell you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's rough. That's a rough one to finish up with. That was, uh, it, it feels like the middle of this, we, we were, we were, we were cooking and then yeah, toward the end, it was just like, Oh, yeah. Uh, the souffle go. fell real flat. Oh, it did. Oh, it did. 
So you and I went the real on this. Uh, Kalen went the real on this, and the TJ and Jackson went jabroni on this. So, mm-hmm. all right. So we have adjudicated. So now we go into and we calculate. Uh, are you ready for the uh, return, sir? I'm looking at it right now, and I just want to say I I feel like I should be able to uh, I should be able to borrow some of Kalen's uh, points because, <laughs> quite honestly. <laughs> She ain't paying rent, so I feel like I should be able to. This, this should be like a, a family pool that I should be able to grab some from. You should draw from. Oh, good yeah. lord! I, I really feel like that should be the case here. Uh, it's not going to work well. I, I I got two kids in on this one, sir. I well, can pull I mean, from, from two sources. I, I mean, we have to keep it somewhat on the level. Like you can only pull I from know. one, and uh, um, and yeah, okay. So yeah, you beat me. Fine. All right. Well, let's go into junior division first. So, so uh, last two uh, since we've had the junior division start, I think have gone to Jackson. Uh, but the final score at the end of this is Kalen twenty three, uh, Jackson twenty two, and TJ twenty one. So that wow. that is uh, tip of the cap to the junior division there. Uh, yeah, sh- strong showing from all three, and Kalen comes out on top. What's kind of funny is her total is more than what you and I pulled together. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. So good for her. <laughs> and, and in fitting oh. fashion, I'm lagging behind everybody. So it, it oh, only makes gosh. sense. You sir have had quite the tear on this though. You, you have come away with, with a, a many a bottle of bourbon at, at, at my uh, expense. So, uh, I know. And I was hoping to continue that track as well. Cause I'm, I'm you know running out of Woodford says. double oaked. You know what the sheiky says though? What about the Humble cold? you? <laughs> Suplex you, put you in that Campbell clutch, make you humble, make you humble. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, the final score, uh, twenty-two for the man they call Tim, eighteen for Uncle Todd. Uh, like I said, we had a plus two differential there. So well done, sir. Uh, I, I, again, I think uh, I, I was shocked by how how close and and right on the money some of these rumors were this time around. Um, and, and then how uh, and far our, off many of them were. Well, yeah. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. The the, the 20 word odyssey that we had to uh, adjudicate Jimroni on. Uh, well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we close out this real Jabroni Kenobi edition. Uh, thank you uh, for uh, listening to it. And thank you, sir, for your picks. I will look forward uh, to the installments of uh, bourbon by the snifter. Uh, thank you. All right. Well, don't don't hurt your arm and shoulder for patting yourself on the back too much. And another thing. So what do you got for and another thing for this episode? For those who don't know, again, because we might have some listeners who are still hanging around. Who knows uh, if they are? But uh, and another thing is basically kind of a little thing that we recommend to our listeners at the end of the show here. Something you might want to check out, something that we think is pretty cool. Uh, and so what would you recommend to the people's? The people uh, this time uh, around. The people. Uh, this is uh, something my family and I attended uh, last night uh, at uh, the Ravinia Festival in Highland Park, Illinois. Uh, it is uh, a. It was the Voodoo Throwdown featuring Trombone Shorty and Orleans Avenue, uh, and then had had a number of other uh, players in this. Tank and the Bangas, uh, Cyril Neville, the Uptown Ruler, George Porter Jr., and Dumps the Funk and the Soul Rebels uh, and Big Frida 
all just bringing the funk, bringing the energy and uh, just an amazing show. Uh, started at six o'clock, ran well past 10 o'clock. And but man, the, the music and the talent and uh, and then Trombone Shorty just knows how to put a show on. Um, mm. Played for a little over an hour as the final act. But uh, as I was telling Uncle Todd, there was no fat in that lineup at all. There was no. Uh, you know, there was talking a little bit here and there, but I mean, he, he just went from one number to the next and just kept the energy rolling. And, and it was just such a, such a pleasure to watch. And, and, uh, my, my oldest is a big fan of his and it was just fun to, you know, that for him to experience seeing him live and, and, and to see him and his band play and, and just the, the talent on, on the instruments was just through the roof. It was just incredible. So if you are, uh, if this shows, if the Voodoo Throwdown is coming uh, to your town, uh, I would highly recommend you check it out. Um, just, just amazing music, amazing performance. Um, really enjoyed Tank and the Bangers. I, I don't know if they did they play when you saw them. Yeah, so I saw this. I saw the same tour uh, a couple weeks prior. Uh, yeah in yep. Hampton Beach, New Hampshire, at the mm-hmm. venerable Hampton Beach Casino and Ballroom. And uh, yes, yeah, so Tank and the Bangers played there. I gotta say, I was. They were probably my least favorite out of the lineup. They're However, so different, so different. Oh yeah, it, they're they're a whole show unto themselves. Oh yeah. And, yeah, and I think my comment afterwards when we were talking to some friends who went to the show with us, I was like, I'd like to see them again when they aren't like the opening act, mm. because mm. I feel like a lot of the subtlety of what they're doing on stage got kind of swallowed up in the fact that the opening act never or very rarely has the same level of sound quality that the main headliner is going to have. Cause that's where yeah. the crew is right. putting that's, I mean, that, that's who's drawing the money, you know? Yep. Uh, so they're going to, they're going to focus on them first and then it's, it's kind of reducing scale down there and you know, nothing against soul rebels or dumpster funk. Like they're fantastic oh, they bands. Yeah, but they they also don't rely as much on that on the the subtlety of sounds and and different things and kind of the spectrum of sounds that Tank and the Bangas do on stage. So mm-hmm. I felt like a lot of that got lost in in the yeah. fact that like they aren't the focus of the sound crew and and making sure that everything is dialed in. I'd be interested in hearing them live, given those circumstances um, on their own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, they're uh, as as much as I'm like, eh, I don't know if this is my jam. They, they are performers. Like they put oh, on yeah. a show, and they they were they were engaging mm-hmm. uh, presences on stage, and that's yes. like the whole band. So um, yeah, no, that's they were exactly great. the word I used when I texted you last night was just how engaging they are. Like it's yeah. they're they're like eclectic. You know, they're they're different. Oh yeah, very, totally. I said, I said to my wife, they're just like they're kind of like that artsy band. Like they just have their own vibe, and yeah. But it was super engaging. You know what I mean? Like I, I just I got more into it. What was funny was when they played, they played like an intro um, before the lead singer came out, and my my and Jackson turns to me and he says, he says, Dad, that sounds like a wrestler's entrance music. I'm like, yeah, it does. It was just because it, it had yep. such energy to it. You know what I mean? Yep. It just had this really deep energy to it and and she came out and man between her voice and then and then just the rapping she was doing it was just oh it was fantastic just oh yeah i I really enjoyed it but it took a little bit like you said it's it's different you know 
yeah, I, I'm still of the opinion it might not necessarily be my be my mainstream thing. You know, like yeah. I've I've got kind of like a I, I love music from all kinds of different genres and all over the spectrum. But, you know, kind of the stuff that really resides in like the sweet spot of what I really love to listen to, they probably would not be inside of that sweet spot. So yeah. I mean, therefore for me, when I saw him, I'm like, man, I would have I would I wish we could have taken 15, 20 minutes away from Tank and the Bangas set and given it to Dumpster Funk and had Dumpster Funk been, you know, the 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 opening act for Trombone Shorty and and had some more uh, time with Cyril Neville and George Porter playing, you know, meters songs and stuff like that. But that's just because I'm I'm totally in the bag for for Dumpster Funk. Uh, and that's from seeing them just, you know, a couple of weeks ago with Trombone Shorty, then seeing them by themselves, uh, you know, months before that. I just love that band. So, I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm already biased in that favor. Uh, but overall, it's a fantastic tour. Like you, you are not going to walk away from there going like, man, I really feel like it got cheated on that ticket price. Mm -hmm. If you do, you are, you're even more cynical than the average star Wars fan. And you should probably just stay home and watch YouTube videos the rest of your life. Uh, that was a dense hour of music that he played. Oh yeah. Dense dense hour. I mean, a lot of great solos, a lot of, of creative them. stuff. Oh my gosh, it was all just of them. so. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, sorry, talking about trombone shorty, but yeah, the rest of it was was equally as. I mean, it was just good. It was just so good, top to bottom. Yeah, Soul Rebels came out, and I think they, I think they, they might have paused once in between songs yeah. for their for their opening set, and they are like the first band on, and they just knocked it out of the park, mm-hmm. and kind of the same all the way along. Like every band, like really did not take any time in between songs, and 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 bring things down. Like they kept a, a yeah. very high energy level through the whole thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and how, also uh, soul oh, rebels brought out the tuba. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, brass band stuff. Oh, so great. So great. And I will, I will say this too, like, uh, and I'm guessing some of this carries over because I mean, the road crews are, I'm assuming traveling extensively with these guys, but man, the, the crew, uh, at the casino did a fantastic job getting like band to band to band and not having like extremely long uh off time in between bands um and and really again kept the night rolling so it was like they clear the stage and had the next one set up like in in record time it was it's just an Mm -hmm. overall great tour and and this is like i want to say trombone shorty has been doing this same sort of like group tour for several summers now because I saw one like three years, like a year before COVID or something like that. Mm. And it's, and it's always the voodoo throwdown and it's like him and a bunch of, you know, New Orleans cats uh, touring around together. And I mean, he just knows how to, he knows what's going to entertain people and does a great job at it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, highly recommended from both myself and, uh, and, and uncle Todd uh, trombone shorty and the voodoo throwdown. If it's in your neck of the woods, do check it out. You will not be disappointed. And what have you, sir, for your end? Another thing. Well, uh, I've uh, thanks to the the book that you sent along with your uh, with my winnings from the the last uh, real or jabroni that we had a clear win or two. Um, mm-hmm. The Neil Gaiman book, uh, Gaiman book that I've been kind of working my way through. Kind of got on a bit of a kick with him, so I went and I got the. Uh, book one of the Sandman and it's the, the graphic novel collected uh, like the first 20 issues of his run uh, writing the Sandman and man, what a, 
mind job that comic is, especially like, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially the first like 10 issue or I think it's like 12 issues or something that was kind of the introductory arc of the character and everything. And, and some of it goes in like these really crazy directions, but is so imaginative and is one of those things that I read and I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to cultivate my imagination because there are people out there who are, who are creating worlds inside their head. And I feel like I'm, I'm way behind. Uh, but it is, it, it is, uh, you know, fairly old at this point. Cause I believe that his run for that was like in the nineties. Um, but, but very interesting, very interesting, you know, characters and the way that things kind of go through, um, not necessarily for the faint of heart. <laughs> um, as I've stated before many times, I'm not a horror fan. It's not my, my genre. And there's definitely times that this, this goes like full bore into that. Uh, but it's, it's not gratuitous. It is, it is to really deepen characters and to tell these stories. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a very it's one of those things where, you know, like this Watchmen V for Vendetta, you know, uh, books like that that really help shape like and show what comics can be. Uh, so it's it's worth it's well worth the read uh, just for those reasons. Uh, if you if you purchase it or if I don't know if maybe you'd find it at your local library or not, but uh, it is definitely worth uh, a thumb through. Very nice. Very nice. Well, we have come to that time, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for us to wrap this up. Uh, for those of you who have been held hostage, perhaps uh, driving on a long car drive, uh, it's probably about an hour too long. So we apologize to you. But at the same time, uh, you know, well, that's just how it works. You probably should have taken the plane. Uh, so uh, we have to pack up. We would like to thank all the members of the Free Range EDC congregation. For those of you who are new and kind of wonder what I keep uh, referring to the congregation, basically, you just have to subscribe to our stuff and listen to our EDC every week, and you're part of the congregation. Uh, we have no tax exemption. Uh, we have considered passing the collection plate, but we uh, we then don't know what we would do with it, except probably buy more bourbon and maybe an expensive microphone. So. Uh, it's basically our one-way ticket to a tax audit. So we haven't done that yet. Uh, but thank you for listening. We do definitely do appreciate all the downloads and the subscriptions. If you have not yet subscribed, if you have not yet joined the Free Range EDC congregation, the hell is wrong with you? You go to freerangeedc.com. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can subscribe to us uh, directly through the Podbean app as well. Uh, you can also subscribe through a ton of different uh, podcast services, uh, we're on Amazon, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, uh, Spotify, uh, Podchaser, uh, Phil's Bait Shack and Podcasts, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, Danny's Donuts and Podcasts, I believe we're on there as well. And basically, you can find us just about everywhere and mostly places that you didn't even want us to be, which again is kind of our mo however if you don't find us on the podcast purveyor of your choice what you need to do is you need to send an email to tim at freerangeadc.com and let him know where you'd like to find us and uh, i'll see about hooking that up for you and if you have any questions thoughts concerns if you too would like to see the red five die a quick death then be sure to please please in the name of all that's want to see the red five go on baby if that's the case, just don't email. Just please, just help me out here, folks. I'm, I'm speaking right to you. I'm speaking to you, the people, right now. Please help me. The help people. me. 
I'm being held hostage by this and Mario Bane over there who, who just keeps <laughs> keeps coming at me with this thing that I know is totally rigged and it's it's only to make himself feel better. I know this. How I know tall this. is Obi-Wan Kenobi in the metric system? Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I think that actually was a question. There was there was a because you you cut it off at six exactly we had a there, but there have been other height questions where I'm like really how in the crap is anybody supposed to know anyways if you want to have any questions send those to Tim at freerangeadc.com and he'll get back to you concurrently forth with ASAP PDQ something like that and if you would like to further yourself in the the church of idiocy then what you got to do is you got to like us on the social medias because damn it we love us some us so you go on uh, the Twitter we're on the Instagram. We were on the Facebook. All of those are at Free Range Idiocy. Ain't nobody claiming to be us but us uh, because, quite honestly, we make enough of ourselves for three of us, really. So now, finally, we've come to the portion of the show where I stop flapping my gums. I hand this thing over to the less idiotic of the two idiots who run this show, but not before I ask the second most important question ever uttered by humankind. The first, of course, being what is hip. The second being what the hell did we learn this episode? Uh, we have learned the following, my friend. Ah, good. Uh, we've learned that uh, Swampy Uncle Todd is, is a bit ornery. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm chafing right now. I've, I really should have gotten some baby powder or something. <laughs> some gold bond. That's what I need. Oh. <laughs> and again, I'd probably be baking bread or something. I don't know what yeah, I know. going <laughs> on there. I've got a pot pie brewing down in my nether regions. What's that normal? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, that all being right along, said. <laughs> right along. Uh, we have also learned valedictorian has, is a parenting moment for Uncle Todd and uh, handled well, might I say. Handled well, so. And I did actually have to look up what it meant because I'm like, I, I literally never had to. This was not ever in my concern. This was never in my field of vision. Wasn't valedictorian the name of that shit from Star Wars? Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> we have also learned uh, the man they call Tim uh, is glorious and victorious, uh, and he will take his bourbon by the sniffer full if that is uh, how it will be shipped in the installment. So thank you, sir. Could have said it by the eyedropper. Ah, oh, good. That last longer. Be a nice uh, retirement then, plan for you. You'd be getting that. You'd be getting shipments when you're 85. Hey, hey what's this? He finally paid it off. <laughs> And knowing, and knowing my luck, your mind will say sharp as attack, and you'll remember it. So I wouldn't be able to finally just, ah, oh, he'll never notice. I can oh, keep there, that. there will be a ledger kept, my friend, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I would expect nothing less. And finally, uh, we have also learned that the Red Five will live on, continue uh, in some form or fashion, sneak up on Uncle Tiger. I could just edit it out. You do realize that, right? I'm going to pretend I didn't hear it. Anyways. Uh, thank you again, uh, as Uncle Todd has mentioned. We, we do thank you. We had a huge, huge uptick in downloads this week, and we very much appreciate the listenership. So thank you again. And, yes, uh, thank you all of you who have poor taste. We really do appreciate it. You are our bread and butter. <laughs> Nothing like insulting the audience. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being real, because there's no reason anybody's listening to us with good taste. <laughs> oh. I, just, I appreciate everybody with questionable taste out there. I really do. Thank you. All that being said, uh, as we like to close things out, uh, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And, well, quite frankly, he's got two bottles of bourbon he's got a pony up for. (laughs) Would someone please hit the lights on the way out? That's right. I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon. What did you say? 
wire just in time. Pull up the champ. Doc, been hitting awful hard, haven't you? Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. Do it. They all hate you. Ooh, that's a bingo. <laughs> You're wrong. Is that the way you say it? That's a bingo. You just say bingo. You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. <laughs> Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. I didn't say oh. what those bottles would be. Well, I know it's not going to be Pappy's. I know that much. You, you might be getting some Poland Spring, you know, oh, aged on, three months rubbing alcohol whiskey. <laughs> no, here's what I'm going to get. I'm going to get a can of Polar Polar Seltzer that's going to have duct tape across it and in, in Sharpie say bourbon. <laughs> That'll be what I get. It's worth a try. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you, I, you know, I, I, would, I would spring for Perrier. No, thank you. You're welcome. A little, little more uh, high, uh, you know, up, upscale sort of uh, seltzer there. Highfalutin. Now get the hell out of here! 